definitely works mm. Mm. that definitely works call gerard butler get that geostorm station up and running oh my god this is the world we live in i know we don't particularly get political on this but i just, <laughs> I just okay, okay okay into into specifics i mean into specifics oh, of politics what? and individuals but yes, I, we I do i do hey the debate of whether or not avi arad is a cancer to the film industry mm. is not political well on the, on the traditional definition but 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 this weekend in the g7 mm. trump said that he couldn't attend because mm. he was absent from the climate change committee he couldn't attend it because he was talking to the leaders of germany and india they were pictured at the climate change conference next to each other where was trump in so all where this was he and yet the white house then had to issue a statement pardon me the white house had to issue no. a statement saying no he was he was definitely with them it's like dudes we can see that he wasn't. My dude is, he is not there. We also said that Melania got, uh, knows Kim Jong-un very well. Despite the fact she reacted in that moment with like a, huh? Expression right. on her face. Um, and her camp, because obviously she's got representatives and legal representatives and whatnot. They had to put out a statement saying that Melania has never met Kim. And then the White House put a thing saying what Trump meant by that was like she's got to know him through the conversations and everything that Tr- Donald has had with her about meeting him that she feels she knows him. And it's like, no, you can see from her face Mm-mm. and her legal people going um, that she's never met him. She doesn't want you to associate her with him. No, no, no. no oh no. my god! Like the man is a walking fucking fireball of destruction. He is just the worst. Wearing the face of Dopey from the Seven Dwarves. Bye. He just strolls into everything and blags his way through. And speaking of blagging your way through, ladies hey. and gentlemen, welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast covering nerdy news and geeky gossip, the Big Damn Cast. I am Christopher. Can you believe that the organisers of the Edinburgh Fringe get way more money than any of the people who make it a success? Johnson? <laughs> and I'm Matthew. That doesn't surprise me one bit for I'm a jaded and cynical bastard. Watson. Yes. Uh, the Amazon is burning. The Amazon is burning. That's because they've got some great deals on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, feel, I feel that that's the only thing everyone should talk about this week just to make sure the message is out there. I think people know the Amazon is burning, they just don't care. Isn't it gross? It's gross, it's yeah. It's totally gross. gross. Especially because, and the thing is, uh, a lot of the reason why it's happening and no one's pointing it out is because it, it's for, you know selfish reasons it's companies have stakes in in x y and z of the land that's being burned like certain media organizations are owned by conglomerates and mega corporations that have stakes in that the dude in power in brazil is a fucking monster yeah it's like there's all these different different things that combine to to explain why it, it's not getting a the coverage or b the support mm. someone pointed out on twitter i thought this was amazing venom made a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend instead of making a venom 2 Maybe put some of that money toward this, because at least a hundred million dollars would help quell a shitload of the damage. That's true. Or we could just distract ourselves by talking about D twenty three for the next hour or so. There is that. <laughs> there is that. 
<laughs> there is that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not here to save the world, but we are here to provide distraction uh, for at least an hour and a half, maybe more, knowing us too. Yeah. On the long and winding journey to your own inevitable demise. The long and winding road. Some climb down. Everest to <laughs> top all expectations over human <laughs> achievement. Others start a family, raise an, ent- an entire dynasty of individuals on nothing but love I have and no care. idea where you're going with this. Um, you could also just choose to listen to us talk shit for hey! a Because that's what's going to happen now. Um, that's what's happening. Yeah, I'm Chris. This is Matt. And D23 happened D23, yeah. You want to talk about things burning. So much Disney news. <laughs> Disney's pockets. Slapping me in the face. All wet and fleshy. Still no sign of new mutants. But- <laughs> yes! Right. Before we begin on any oh of the God, news, let's just no, take a moment to him off now. So D23, for those who don't know, is, is it's the Disney fan club convention, which over the years has grown into basically Disney's personal San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, like, it yeah. is almost the same scale, but it is specifically related to Disney. Disney, Walt Disney Motion Pictures, Walt Disney Animation, Disney Theme Parks, Disney Entertainment. It's just where they announce everything. Basically. Yeah, like when we say we love Disney, we're specifically referring to this side of it, not the company conglomerate monopoly devouring an industry and and shitting out the bones version of Disney. We're talking about the motion mm, pictures, the theme parks. Bones. We're talking about the, the actual creator content is what we, we love. So D23, <laughs> I personally... I always look forward to hearing news from D23 because I'm like, I'm such a whore for the theme parks and everything. I'm like, let's see what's going to come <laughs> I, out of it. Um, I want to know what's in the theme park. Have you got the theme park news as part of that as well? No, I haven't right, I'll, you know, I'll pull some of that up while, oh, you, while you leave us in because there's some cool shit, Matt. There's well, some cool shit and there's also some, but mummy and daddy have been fighting. Why is this their shit as well? Well, okay. So uh, that's... I'll pull some of that up. That's but, promising. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start us with uh, straight up Disney news. Straight Disney. up vanilla, vanilla Disney, Disney slash Pixar. Um, Disney, Disney. In no particular order. I don't know why the Coronation Street theme tune is Because you cannot keep your mouth shut. That's why. It's true. Um, I have problems with awkward silence. Yes. Some say it's down to my autism. And, and also, awkward silence is sometimes defined by you as when people are talking. <laughs> Even there, the sigh had to be exaggerated. So, yes. what does that say about me? Poor Christopher, poor Christopher. Um, are you ready to cry? I'm never ready to cry. Because Pixar are doing a new original movie. Oh. This is Pixar's soul. <gasps> yes, tell me more. Many. Was, tell me more. There was some art and stuff shown for this, cast announced, and all that good stuff. So. Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are heading up Soul. The next Pixar animated movie, directed by Pete Docter, um, primarily as the writer for Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Wally, Up, Inside Out, also directed... Inside Out Monster seems Inc. to be the most kind of parallel, yeah. parallel story for this one. There's some feel. Yeah. There's some feel in this uh, of... Um, this coffee's amazing, out. by the way. Matt made me well, an iced you. coffee, and it's absolutely delicious. My thanks. I'm also drinking it out of an X-Wing Rogue Squadron glass, so if anything, I'm living the life of a fucking king. <laughs> <laughs> so, 19th of June, 2020. Oh, recyclable plastic straw. <laughs> that you wash and reuse. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Um, that's the one. Not recyclable. Don't recycle it, please. <laughs> I've only got two. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 19th of June, 2020, we will see... The story of a uh, school band teacher and jazz lover, Joe Gardner, played by Jamie Foxx, who he gets a big break to play at a high-profile jazz club, but dies before he can get there. 
and um, basically, sounds like a Pixar opening sequence. Yeah, and it's and it sounds. He wakes up at the U seminar, so it's part, apparently some kind of um, pre reincarnation training ground. And he meets <laughs> so dark and weird. And he meets twenty two, who's not a fan, and she's and decided to stay there uh, for a hundred years. That's Tina Fey. Um, yeah, I believe, which is always a good thing. Tina should um, be playing the lead in one of the new announced Marvel shows, Faye, if there's any justice in the world. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I've got other thoughts, but we'll get there. If Tiny Rambo um, can play the other guy. Well, just saying. Just saying. Um, <laughs> interesting thing about this, uh, John Batiste is working on some original songs. Yes! But, oh. as well, it's going to have a soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yes. Of fucking Nine Inch Nails, Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone yeah. Girl fame. Weird pick. Weird pick. Weird pick. You don't think of them for a jazz, you know, kind of theme. John Batiste will definitely bring that. Anyone who's familiar with the late show Stephen Colbert knows John Batiste's work. He's the leader of the band, the Stay Human. He's, he's the leader of the band. He's endlessly charismatic, goofy as shit, and a massive music nerd. So, mm. like, he's he's the perfect kind of fit for for writing songs for a Pixar film with because Pixar have never done an out out musical. Um, no, say like Coco has songs, but they're all it's not really, yeah, they're all uh, diegetic. They're yes. all in the film. Yes, um, and they're glorious. Don't get me wrong, Coco's music is fucking Coco's gorgeous. beautiful, except for Remember Me, which is great. Especially in context, and it's using the, the scene that it's in toward the end, but it was definitely not Oscar worthy. <laughs> like compared to the other songs that were up for it that year, Matt is showing me that fucking gift of Venom in a van again. It's still open on a tab. <laughs> so I thought, why not? Secret villain of Soul revealed Venom in a van. Um, um, but John Batiste, like he, he'll he, like yes, yeah. And again, I don't think it's a musical out right. It's probably songs within the film. I would think so. Yeah, um, but I, I, think so. I can I can already taste his style, his his touch on the movie, and it will be glorious. It will be glorious. Oh, oh bloody! Oh, yes. He does that a lot. Um, there will the be blood. Cold blood? <laughs> oh, bloody! Well, there will be souls, apparently. <gasps> um, the designs are beautiful as well for this. Yes, there's some design artwork out there of uh, character art for 22... Uh, character art for uh, Jamie Foxx's character, Fox's character like, Joe. The, the character, um, the, the souls kind of look like lemon drops. Yes, lemon drop like, versions like, of their human pe- human uh, counterparts. Counterparts. They, like sort of... they look like little grey, grey and uh, dreamy sweets. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit Casper, a bit um, Army of the Dead uh, <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, but before that, <laughs> before that, in next March for America, I believe, yes, uh, we're getting. Onward! Which we discussed um, briefly on the show before yes, when the teaser trailer came out. The teaser trailer came out SDCC. and told us nothing about the film. Yeah, I was like, um, I was like, I'm not won over by this. It basically looks like if Bright were a family film, and I'm done. Like that's yeah, kind of the extent. Yeah. It's like okay, that you, you sort of lose the magic of these magical things if they are just living a modern life. Well, it's like oh look, yeah, they're, they're both like they're both. Uh, ogres or trolls or whatever they are, but look, there are ones on their cell phone playing a game, and it's just like, right, we've seen this now. Do something else. But I did say, if the story's okay. good, they might change my mind. Well, we know what the story is now. What's the story, Because Matt? they showed young, good sir. They showed like sir. eight minutes of footage. Yeah, D twenty three. It's something. It's, it's something within the first fifteen minutes of the film, I believe. But like two full scenes, because it's like the setting up the the premise of yes. The, so basically, uh, we'll, um, we'll send them. Onwards. Onwards! Onwards! Um, you've got two elf 
brothers, Ian and Barley, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, respectively. Um, you have to give respect to Chris Pratt. Uh, he's not been doing himself any favours, has he, really? Mm. He's been keeping quiet, actually, so True. probably for the best. Yeah. Well, what happens when you're part of a homophobic church? Um, hey, Tom! Who got, um, who got a standing ovation when he came out for this presentation, apparently. The two of them popped up on stage to talk about the film. Tom got a standing ovation. Um, everybody was lovely about it. Uh, and at the end, that was when he made that statement where he said, "Like it's been a it's been a tough week, but like I've I've felt the love and I love you all 3,000. And it's like, "Oh Tom, no Tom, don't do it." Tom. You know how to get us in the heartstrings. God damn it, Tom! But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so, um, are you finished? Okay. Uh, so basically, the two bring me my spittoon. The two brothers, when they are, when they, when one, the youngest one turns 16, they get given two a... Two brothers. Two, there's just two brothers. Are they running? They're not running. Uh-oh. They're, they're in a truck for some of it. Right. Um, they, they're given a, a memento from their dead father. Are you seeing a, are you seeing a theme in, in Disney movies here? Um, like the father's dead? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, no! It's a wizard staff. And it comes with a note. And it's like, oh, you I can still do magic. Cabinet once oh. when I was young. <laughs> Did the note show you where to put the batteries in? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. So, yes. Um, so it's like, yeah, there's still a bit of magic left in the world. And I've left you this staff and instructions for a spell where I can come back for 24 hours and see you. They're like, oh, we got to do this step. we got to do this spell. And there's a phoenix gem. We need a phoenix gem. Oh, we got to put the phoenix gem in the thing. And then it's kind of, but not quite works. The gem is shattered. Yeah, the gem shattered and they only bring the bottom half of their father back. <laughs> so already this premise so, is an incredibly sentimental, heartfelt, like, imagine if you could bring back yeah. a past loved one for one day. Like, what would you say? What would you do? Like, what would you want to know? And, oh, but it's only their legs. Yeah, because it comes from the feet up. <laughs> So they've only got the bottom half of him and they've got 24 hours to get into the Phoenix gem and do the spell again to get the rest of him so they can see him. Um, that, you know, that that has won me. That The ridiculousness yes. of like the fact yeah. they're almost mocking their own sentimentality because Pixar are known to create, oh, yeah. apart from a couple of the movies, on the surface all of their stuff is like, this is, this is going to play with your feels. This is literally playing with the feels. Yes. Like this is taking the feels and taking the piss out of um, having feels. So yeah, it, it looks like there's going to be a bit of hijinks with running around with their half father, <laughs> trying to pass him off uh, as a full person. Sort of half siblings, but half oh, I, oh, dear. oh my god! Weekend at Bernie's with just a pair of legs. The article I'm 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 looking at the footage description from calls out Weekend at Bernie's. By name. What are the invisible aliens from Planet of the Daleks again? The Spiridons. The Spiridons. They could just throw a cloak over Throw a cloak over them. I think that's what they're going to do. It'd be fine. That'll um, work. As long as you don't see his boot briefly, it'd be fine. So yeah, Onward. That's March 6th. What's it called again? Onward! Could you say that one more time whilst pointing to the middle distance? Onward! Beautiful. You're hired. You're not marketing a movie in the United States. For what? <laughs> not the UK. Why? And we can't pay for your travel. Um, or your accommodation. Announcement of another Disney animation project. Yay! For November of 2020. Aye. Raya and the Last Dragon. Starring Cassie Steele and Aquafina. Yeah, anything with Aquafina and gets my gets my approval. She's so, freaking hilarious. Good times. Good times. Um 
In the in the realm of Lumandra, uh, Raya tracks down the last dragon in the world. It's written by Adele Lim of Crazy Rich Asians. Um, who's directing it? Who's directing it? Who's directing it? I don't know. A human being! We're not at the point where the algorithms are doing it yet. I can't see the director's name in this article. I'll have to look at it. But either way, it's it's definitely going on Southeast Asian um, sort of mythology and visual style. So they're, well, they're mining the Southeast Asian market. Well, the, well, again, like it's it's a smart business decision considering China is such a huge market for overall gross of films nowadays. Yeah, and but they also have very strict beliefs and belief systems around certain topics. So as a result. You have to pander to them somewhat, which is good in terms of opening the scope for worldwide representation. Because if you're telling stories of places and people closer to China, then that's great because that gives a variety to the the Western cinema, pardon me, Western cinematic (laughs) landscape. Yep. Gives us different stories, different opinions, especially if you're working with artists and, and, and story creators and everything that from or with ancestry in those regions. Amazing stuff. Less so amazing when you pander to their homophobic and xenophobic tendencies. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that, won't we? We'll see. Um, or, but then again, they do, they do that, but they just downplay it, or they include a scene which they can remove so that China don't get offended. China don't care. China don't care. China's a <laughs> China's a pretty backwards-thinking country when it comes uh, to the, social. The, some of the people in power social stuff. in China are a pretty backwards-thinking. Oh, absolutely, country. there will be people there who who are like, "This is ridiculous. What the hell's going on?" But like, uh, in terms of generic, generic, running them up to a market. Yes, it's a pretty backwards-thinking economy. It's a pretty backwards-thinking place. Um, However, I'm still happy for the variety in Western cinema of, of stories from other places, yes. especially in animation, where you can really yes. delve into individual mythologies and go to places that would be tough to film in. It's like sod it, let's go there now. Plus, have you seen the uh, like the character designs of the yeah, show? Yeah, like, yeah. That dragon is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I, I don't know if they have they announced if it's. I'm assuming it's CGI. Because yeah, yeah, Disney be, are yeah. cowards and won't do they won't a hand-drawn. feature-length hand-drawn anymore. They, they, they wouldn't be announcing a hand-drawn in early pre-production now to come out in November next year. Mm. They'd be well, it depends on how far along they are. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I but think if, he, if they were announcing it now and it was hand-drawn, they'd already have something to show. You know, Princess and the Frog is the reason why they don't do hand-drawn anymore. Because it didn't gross as much as they were hoping it would. But do you know the reason for that? It didn't it, gross well in China. Mm-hmm. Because Chinese audiences do not relate well to black leads. Oh. So that's the reason. See, this is the stuff where I'm like, that's gross. Like, that's the reason why we don't have a hand-drawn animation. Not because it was like, audiences don't respond well to the film, but because it didn't financially do well in a market that is, by and large, racist. No, we're not talking about Wally. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So... Oh, which sucks. Princess and the Frog is absolutely gorgeous. Speaking about backwards thinking... Everyone should download it and buy it and financially show Disney that they need to make more hand-drawn animated stuff. More news on live-action Disney stuff. Oh! The, uh... Lady motion in, Pictures? Motion Pictures, but a live-action. Yeah. The Lady in the Tramp movie. <laughs> did you see the trailer? I did. Mm. Mm. I'll, I'll give it this. Real animals with CGI augmentation for the talking bit. Looks so much more soulful and relatable than The Lion King. Well, I haven't seen The Lion King, so I can't judge. I've only seen the trailer bits. They, and, they uh, look blank as fuck. <laughs> they, look, they look dead behind the eyes because animals like lions are not particularly expressive. No. Dogs, however, we've grown up with. We are used to them. And let's face it. Dogs are more Dogs expressive. have pretty expressive like eyes. They have pretty expressive eyes and their behaviour 
conveys emotions and states of emotion. Um, the way they move around and hold themselves. So yeah. that translates yeah. well. It's part of the reason why so many movies of talking animals in the past have been about dogs and cats. People like dogs. People like dogs, people like cats. Uh, cats don't like people. Cats um, don't like people. But yeah, Lady the Tramp will be the first um, the first original movie to be released on the Disney Plus service. Yes. And as part of that kind of draw incentive, is it's also their, one of their series of live action remakes yes can i make a statement if Please they wanted do. To, if they wanted to use a live action remake to sell the service to those who were unsure i think they should have put the maleficent sequel on there oh maleficent mistress of evil mm-hmm. that's coming to cinemas um they should they should have put that on there later this year it's been pulled forward from spring 2020 oh to to this year what what month uh, the other, I don't think has a firm date. Probably November, so it doesn't compete with Star Wars. I would imagine November. And then, yeah, and also Disney don't have any big... Oh no, like, October. Tem- 18th of October. Shitting hell! Yeah. So it's ready. It, or, it's done. Or, or after some whipping of the animation well, yeah. and special effects department, it will be ready sooner. Work harder! Not cool. Smile. Um, <laughs> oh god. Uh, gaze upon my empire of joy. You're a part of the Disney family! Again, we like the we like the films and the content. <laughs> we love the films and the content. Company decisions can be fucking garbage, yes. horrible, and inhumane. Um, but that's odd. But do you know what I mean? That would have been a better sell, I think, because that that is a film that already has an audience from its original. Yeah. Um, whereas Lady in the Tramp, it almost feels like Lady in the Tramp is the first. And this is not to disrespect the people who worked on it. Um, um, nor does it necessarily suggest that we are excited for or not excited for it. I think we're both kind of eh, about it anyway. Yeah. We'll probably watch it out of curiosity when we get the service. But um, this sort of suggests that Lady in the Tramp, the live action remake, is the first. <laughs> is the well more so than freaking Lion King? Um, is the first straight to DVD version of these live action. Yeah, straight to, straight to streaming seems to be the new straight to DVD. Now, now to um, be fair, based on everything else that's been announced for, for Disney Plus and, and the stuff that's still to come and stuff we've had glimpses of, this will not be a straight to DVD style level of production or budget. I mean, production value wise, the trailer looked gorgeous, but yeah. it also looks like... And I'm glad it's a period setting still. Yeah. I'm glad they haven't moved yeah. it to modern day or any shit like that. Cause... Where's the fun in that? Yeah, but at the same time, you know what's more exciting and, and more impressive than watching real dogs with some slight CGI tweaking uh, fall in love and go on a little adventure in a period set in America? Do you know what's more interesting than that, folks? Looking up real dogs fucking on YouTube. Do you know what is also... <laughs> if I go into the big damn channel account... <laughs> Am I getting horrified by the watch later list? No, I always wipe my history. Oh, all over the couch. Hey! Um, I, 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 you know what's more impressive than that, though? Um, Seeing hand-drawn animated characters go through the exact same story arc in an iconic piece of cinema. Lady and the Tramp is a beautiful movie and still is a beautiful movie to this day. And that's why the lady is a tramp. <laughs> no! Now, here's something that's completely missing from the trailer, and I wonder if they're going to tackle it at all. What's that? The only thing that has really not aged well from that movie is the song specifically featuring the Siamese cats. Is that from Lady and the Tramp, or is that that from from Aristocats? That's from Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Because they taunt Lady, and they bully her in the house, and they they, they, uh, nearly... Like, oh, they yeah, nearly injure yeah, the baby yeah, yeah. and try and get Lady blamed for it. Yes, um, yes, yes. They don't feature in the trailer at all. I wonder if they've just dropped them. 
Probably. I would. If I was in that position, I'd drop them. I mean, here's the thing. These remakes have been obsessed with, quote-unquote, fixing things from the original. Usually in a way where it's more like, oh, someone nitpicked that on the internet once. I guess we better change it. This is a film where there is one thing where it's like, do you know what? Maybe fix that. Keep Siamese cats in it. Just don't give them that song or those voices. Yeah. And then they can still be just these evil little cats that have nothing to do with the, the oriental lean of the freaking the, the delivery from the original. Um, well, what else? I don't know. Who are the main voices again? Uh, Justin Threw is Tramp and Tessa Thompson is Lady. Because even when you're talking dogs, the male's got to be in their late 40s and the girl's got to be a young woman. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? <laughs> If someone on Twitter, someone pointed out, even the dogs look like they're the older male yeah. and young girl, like yeah. in terms of the design of the, of the eyes and stuff, CGI. Weird. It is weird. Weird. It is weird. But if you ever wanted to see Benedict Wong voice a dog, now's your chance. Wait, is Benedict Wong in it? I don't know. I know he's in it. it oh my god! Is. Yes. All right, I'm there. Sod it. Ash- Take back everything I said. I want this movie now. Ashley Jensen, Benedict Wong, and Sam Elliott. <gasps> oh god um, what's his name is it Trooper or whatever the big the, the basically, old, yeah the big old yeah, that, that, that Sam Elliott the, one, that is the some, Sam Elliott dog Sam Elliott dog that is some <laughs> that is some low motion remake Lion King style casting in terms of like oh, yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah. like that's a good okay that's a good uh, plot, so that, yeah that's coming out when Disney Plus launches. We're getting yeah. uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil on October 2019. And Angelina Jolie, I love this. Angelina Jolie came out <laughs> to talk about that. Um, I can't remember which order they were in, but she came out, did a thing about Maleficent, went off stage, then came back on stage for another announcement. Yeah, which we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah. um, in a way where it was like, but I think they were back to back as well, the announcements. It was like, just keep her on stage. Yeah, I... Let her stay on stage and let her maybe lead into the presentation. There's been so much news coming out about all this that I haven't been able to keep it all in... In... Um, one tab. In, in one tab or in order. <laughs> I have no idea what order these came in. They just all happened. Um, Mulan they, is coming out in March 2020. Yeah. Not, not much more to say about that. Not much more to say. Oh, no, they've confirmed that it, it's a lighter film than the trailers would have had you, yes. would, have, would have had you believe. I believe they showed um, some footage of like um, her father trying to lift his sword and not being able to and she disguises herself as a man to not bring shame on the family because she tries to volunteer for service in his place. Right. And so... they won't let, they're like, oh no, if you, if you, by volunteering yourself as a woman, you're bringing <laughs> shame on our family. So that's when she decides to like, oh. So they are, they've, they've found a way to still do that main story beat from the original <clears throat> I guess that appeared missing in the trailer I guess but the way they're doing it is about like the, the, the systems of, of honour and everything at that time in, in, in the history okay that's yeah I mean it would have been it would have been weird to do a version of Mulan without her disguising herself as a boy at some point yes but I felt that they were going to do the Disney remake thing of like people won't believe that now so like <laughs> well, I guarantee I guarantee I guarantee there'll be someone in the camp or whatever in the, in the fleet who recognises her immediately and she has to befriend them and they and they sort of like keep it secret because they'll be like it's the Clark Kent thing you know the way that people nowadays like yeah. we can't believe it. like no one's going to believe that Clark Kent isn't super it's just a pair of glasses it's like suspend your disbelief motherfuckers it's fantasy holy shit where is your childlike innocence go back to that shit stop having to explain things don't have to fucking explain no you got to explain things you don't see all those lying around can, um, you, can you explain something to me uh, why the lead actor of Mulan massively supports the Hong Kong police force? 
Well, that's another. That's a topic for another year. And as a result, um, I do believe that film <clears throat> will genuinely suffer some suffer some losses in the Western releases. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but explain one more. The gangbusters in China. One, one, one more simple thing for me. Why is there a Cruella film? <laughs> Can you explain one more simple thing for me? What? Why is there a Cruella film again? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> It's, it's fu- started shooting now because the first, the first <clears> like on set image. It, it it's fun to fan cast boys and girls. It is interesting. It's fun to fan cast things like oh, if they made this now, who would play that role? If they made this, like fine, great, you know, cool. Boys and girls. Uh, the, the first time I can think of uh, in, in modern cinema for that, where it was like oh yeah, that's really great, was when they said they're doing a Maleficent movie based on the villain from Sleeping Beauty and Angelina Jolie's Maleficent. Everyone sort of went yeah, and then everyone saw the movie. Yeah. Went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> now to be, in her fate, in her to her credit. She she gives a great performance in oh, that. Oh, she's having a whale of a time. Pointless it's just not a very interesting film. Pointless film. Um, you know, the original draft of it was written by Paul Dean. Oh. I would have liked to have seen that prior to any other um, tinkering and, and, and uh, rewrites. Uh, mm. So, you know. Do you think everyone forgets his first name and they're just like, who? Uh, Houdini? <laughs> oh, um. Which is fun because his wife, uh, Misty, is a magician. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Uh, she literally is just like Zatanna in human form in in real world. Of course, it's it's wonderful. Of course, it's like oh, of course, Paul Dini marries Zatanna. <laughs> um, um, says so much. <laughs> How do you say I do backwards? Um, Od, Od. <laughs> there you go. And now I'm thinking of Garfield, and I'm thinking of that freaking Garfield thing you made me watch, which I then had to inflict on my wife. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Um, bullets don't hurt me, John. <laughs> <laughs> I so, can smell your fear, John. Oh, good lord. So where the fuck were we? Oh, yeah. Cruella de Vil. So Emma Stone is Cruella de Vil. Cruella. Do you know what? So who, who could play a young Cruella de Vil? Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma right. Stone. I buy it. Do I need to see it? No. no. <laughs> well, you got to. Maleficent was an interesting one because Maleficent went uh, as a premise. Right. So here's one of the most iconic villains in animation. Yeah. Maleficent, the villain of Sleeping Beauty that... The wicked sorceress who isn't invited to the christening and in an act of bitterness curses the kingdom and the baby Aurora. I think it's a bit of a dick move for not being invited to a party. Like, Well, that's the thing. We never really find out why other than she's evil. So it's like, evil. You sort of go, yeah, I, I, I can understand why they didn't invite her. I mean, that was her reaction to not being invited. To rock up during it and be like, you're all going to be put into a, a living death on her, uh, is it 16th or 18th birthday or whatever. Uh, Something's going to happen to her and you're 16th, all going to be fucked. So they, they spend the rest... Like, that's the punishment. Do you know what? Was even Listen, I think you should stop being a Maleficent apologist. No, I'm not being a Maleficent apologist. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Maleficent stan, but not an apologist. Oh, okay, 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 okay. so... Right. No, but like... That's better. That's bad. And the best part is, she didn't have to do the enchanted spinning wheel, like, you know, freaking sleepwalking in a trance to prick a finger, all that shit. They didn't... Have... The actual curse didn't have to ever happen. Because for 16 odd years, that entire kingdom were paranoid and scared as fuck. <laughs> Like, mm. to the point of having their daughter sent away, giving her a fake name, having her believe that she isn't the prince, like, all that stuff, yeah? Like, that is, like, that's evil. That is some evil shit. That is some classic Disney villain evil shit. And then after all that, she still goes ahead with it, mm-hmm. covers the kingdom in thorns, and when an actual characterised prince comes to save the day, first one of the canon, um, she turns into a dragon, and he has to sword fight a dragon. Maleficent is metal as fuck and is downright the coolest Disney villain to ever exist based on Sleeping Beauty. I get the angle of, of the Maleficent movie being we are going to tell a story of 
why she's shown this, that, and the other. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We're going to show you that maybe, you know, she's bad because shit happened to her. Okay. Bit of a trope by now, but cool. Right, we're entering the 2000s, the early 2010s. Villains are a bit more grey area nowadays. Villains because, are in. Because, well, yeah, but also because like, people are learning that bad people in real life, sometimes like the story behind what happened to them makes you go, oh, oh, I kind of get it now. Oh, and you can tell compelling stories that way. Part of me's like, yeah, do that. But also, why take one of the best villains ever and explain how she's actually a nice person? No, don't do that. Please don't do that. I, I hate Wicked. I think Wicked's shit. I like some of the songs in Wicked. No one, uh, was it Wicked or No One the Wicked, the opening number, what have you? Yeah, That's yeah. fucking glorious. I see why Defying Gravity's got a fan base. I'm bored of it. Blame all the MTs wearing those hoodies singing it in the corridor. Yes. Um, but like, you know, there's stuff in um, um What is this feeling from Wicked? Delight. Very good. Really very funny. good, very good. Like, there's stuff in there I like, but I'm just like, I, I don't need to know why... Wicked Witch is the Wicked Witch. Like I don't need to know that. Like sometimes the boogeyman is scary because they're the boogeyman. Yeah. Like when you find out Freddy Krueger, like oh my god, he was thinking about all these parents who blamed him for this, and then he was burned alive. You're like oh my god, yeah, but he also was actually a freaking yeah. nasty person. Like oh okay, so he's still the boogeyman. Great, cool, okay. Um, thing is with Maleficent, you can you can you know she's vague enough that you can tell that story. Yes. Cruella Deville is a violent fashionista who wants to murder and skin dogs. She is called Cruella Deville. Cruel, evil, cruel devil, evil. She's the freaking devil, devil, guys. She's a cruel devil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Is the song? What's the angle? What's the angle on that? How do you make Cruella? Because that's the thing. They've not said, oh, it's going to be about a Cruella de Vil's a nurse. But like, it could be a story of people facing off against her. And like Elm Street, Friday the 13th, like she's the, she is the the title villain like of the piece. Yeah. Predator is not about how the Predator is a sympathetic alien killer. Until the Predator. Oh, God. <laughs> Remember the Predator? No, because neither of us have bought it. not dumb. Anyone else bought it? You're not dumb, but you should please probably sell it. Mm, please sell it. Don't, um, don't, don't encourage this kind of stuff. Don't. Um, that ending, man. Fuck it. Was the lead again Boyd Albrook? Yeah, yeah. He was good. He was good in it. But fucking hell, that ending, that Independence Day <sighs> resurgence ending. Oh, by the way, when are we getting the third one? Of, what? Never. Uh, yeah. Um, I just want to crawl inside my own ass and die. Which is how I feel about Cruella. Hey. Um, the Loot it background. The image is some Tim Burton esque Emma Stone in fetish gear. Uh, holding onto the leads of oh, three. That's why this movie's being made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. One of the most charismatic leading ladies in Hollywood. She's traditionally classically beautiful, but she's also quirky and a goofball. But not in that fake Jennifer Lawrence kind of way. She's charming as fuck. She's wonderful in everything she does. Should we put her in an outfit? We can fat too. Yeah, sure. Why not? Cool. Okay. Covering spiky rubber, boys and girls. Spiky rubber. And I believe that's Jasper um, and Horace in the image as well. That yes. Was released. Um, um, did they say who were playing that? I don't think they did, did they? They said Cruella's film. It is a film of Stone in costume. Yes. Here's yeah. a video from us saying I'm having so much fun. No, Paul Walter Hauser and Joel Fry as Horace and Jasper, respectively. Now, Craig Gillespie directing, who previously directed I, Tonya and Lars and The Real Girl. Oh, so I, Tonya. So they're used to making films about nasty people and glorification. Um, okay, so here's, 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 a, here's a little bit of, little bit of something for you. Um, the night that was announced, which I believe was Saturday's part of the panel on Saturday, 
they also, uh, like, that's trended a bit. But my favourite thing was, trending for a day after that, was Glenn Close. Because lest mm. we forget, the original mm-hmm. live-action remake was the 90s 101 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. starring Glenn Close as Cruella de Vil. Which was so, so well-received, it got a sequel. Yeah, 102 Dalmatians, which is not great. But the best thing about both of them is Glenn Close's performance as Cruella de Vil. Mm. She is believably that nasty monster in human form. Yeah. She's great in them. Um, and it, it's it's such an odd one. And the thing is, we were way more forgiving. Obviously, we were kids, so we weren't really thinking about it this way. But we were way more forgiving of that being a live-action remake of an animated classic. And I think it's because, in the 90s, we were all swept up in talking animal movies. Listen, in the 90s... Because the 90s were full of talking animal movies. In the 90s, we Even were all making talk poor decisions. They don't talk in 101 Dalmatians. I don't know. Of course, they only talk in the animated one. They don't talk in the live action one. Which at least is different. Like, the Jungle Book or Lion King weren't bold enough to do that, were they? It's different. Can you imagine a completely silent Lion King? Yeah. Do it like an Animal Planet documentary. That would have been... Oh, with that... Oh, with with that, Umbra. (laughs) Now I actually want to see that. For those wondering how the toucan can be friends with a lion without being eaten, we don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Why so. they've not eaten the bird, I'll never understand. So apparently Cruella is an 80s set origin story with, what? Punk, with punk rock stylings. According to the Hollywood Report. Just make an original property. Just tell an original Why story that Stone is a really cool villain in the 80s. I don't know. Fucking whatever. Whatever. But the money. You know, as long as it's better than the 94 Jungle Book, I'm sure we'll all be fine. That was a thing. That was a thing. I went to see that in the cinema. It was basically Tarzan, but yeah. with Jungle Book characters in it. Wasn't very good. It was odd. It was an odd movie. Fucking odd. Um, let's talk about Carrie Star Wars. Carrie was a villain, though, so yeah. Let's, let's let, talk about Star must Wars. We? We must, must we? We must talk about Star Wars. Okay. We're going to talk about... We must talk about... talk about Marvel Plus. Uh, Marvel stuff later. Yes. Okay. Because I've got some thoughts. Okay, okay. Hit me. Hit me. We're going to talk about... Me. Don't worry. We're going to do Star Wars next. Mm-hmm. Star Wars next. Disney Plus rears its head again. We've got a first proper full trailer for The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, yes, bitch. It looks yes, fucking great. Bitch. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, what, what, say about it. And Netflix almost just out of panic released the trailer for um, El Thingy, whatever it's called, the Breaking Bad movie on the same Oh, day. El Camino. Which looks really yeah. like, I'm, I'm intrigued. They've kept it fucking quiet as being a genuine thing that's happening. And then last second they're like, yeah, here's a trailer. There were rumblings. It's about Jesse Pinkman after the events of the series. There were rumblings that it might happen, like oh, for earlier years, this been year. Like a Breaking Bad movie, a Breaking and then Bad Vince movie. Gilligan was talking about that he was going to do it, and then nothing. And then and now we know that it's fucking shot. And yeah, we can and it's coming like, oh, out fuck, in, a, okay. in a month and a half's time, exclusively. That was neat. Um, but I, I still, I, as excited as I am for that, I still think the trailer for the Mandalorian. I'm excited for the fact that Taika Waititi's voice in IG Eleven. Yes. <laughs> Also, IG Eleven looks fucking boss. For all for all those who looked at IG um, IG eighty eight, IG eighty eight is the in, one in Empire Strikes Back. I went really. That's a bounty hunter, a metal matchstick man. Then you should have played Shadows of the Empire, where he's a boss and he's a fucking bastard. True, but this is uh, this is their way of going. Like 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 one thing the prequel trilogy got so right was Django Fett, yeah. simply because it gave you what you all wanted more Boba. 
without having to do Bobba. But then they fucked it up by putting Bobba in it as a kid. And turning him into a revenge character, which is like, no, fuck off. I just prefer the idea of him, Mm. like, taking up bounty hunting like his dad did, because... Tamura Morrison, though. Yeah, he's great. And and I bought... Django Fett is the only... I've I've got a bunch of the Black Series action figures. Yes. Django Fett's the only prequel one I've bought. I had two separate... Because I just saw him and I was like, I've got to have that. And his helmet comes off! He's got a likeness underneath, which is great. I actually bought the Django Fett action figures from the Attack of the Clones line when that movie came out. But it was, it was cool because it was like... It's we, a cool design. People like Boba, but like, people like Boba for the design, let's be honest. We all like Boba Fett because of the design. I like him for his name. Boba. Boba. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Before he gets knocked into his to his death by a blind man. Bubble Fett. Because um, I think Boba Fett is... Bubble Fett. Little Fett boy. Uh, little Fett life. <laughs> <laughs> There's one for the Kingsters. Um, <laughs> oh, that's who's making that cool. Living that fat life. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Oh, God. Disney, you cowards. Make a t-shirt with Boba on it that says living that fat life. life. I fat dare life. you. Oh. I fucking dare you. So, <laughs> yes. um, Boba, we all like him because he looks cool. And in Empire Strikes Back, he looks cool and he's imposing and he's the one who gets Han Solo. And in that animated him... sequence from the holiday special. No. <laughs> Smacking that feathered dinosaur thing around the back, which gave us the beautiful artwork in the in the Saga Blu-ray box set, though. To be fair, true, which true is hilarious because it's the only acknowledgement in the official releases that the Christmas special exists is that painting of him on the feathered beast. Back. Well, they couldn't do the uh, the grandpa watching the sort of porn. Oh God, or that would have been Starship. an Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. Like, Boba Fett, we liked him because he was cool, um, because Han Solo was the cool character, and this guy catches Han Solo, so he's like, oh my god, he must be extra cool. Mm. And then he looked cool in the first, like, 20 minutes of Jedi, and then he dies like a fucking chump. But we all still love him for some reason. It's the design. Jango Fett gave us more of that. Now, we've got a western set after episode six, with Pedro Pascal in the main role of a Mandalorian. So basically... You don't have to like Boba Fett anymore, guys. Yeah. Because we're actually giving you a cool fucking Mandalorian. Yep. In the same sort of armor, in a storyline where let's let us just remind you where a character is played by Werner Herzog, who's <laughs> the only sort of like yep character who's given a bit of a highlighting moment in the trailer. The Mandalorian ship is called the Razor Crest. Cool. Better than so Slave that's One. Cool. That's a better name than Slave One. There's a little. There's a little bit of dog fighting. There's a Twi'lek with a knife. Yeah, there is a fucking bit where someone tries to run away, he grapples their leg and pulls them through a doorway as it, it closes. closes. Um, Holy shit, I showed that to Lucy and she went, wait, hang on, rewind, what was that? I rewound and she went, is this for kids? I went, I, it's not well, really. It's, I, think it's a, I think it's a PG-13 kind of dealio, this one. It's, um, it's, it's Star Wars for your slightly more grown-up kid. Don't be showing this to your six-year-old at the Disneyland Parade doing force hands no. to the bad guys. Which have you seen that video? No. The little girl, it's at the Hollywood Studios and it's the parade, Star Wars parade and stuff's going on through Hollywood Studios and all the villains like coming up in different sections and this little girl oh. is, is at the very front of it where the parade cuts off and goes to the side. She's dressed as Rey and every time one of the villains like comes towards her, she puts a hand up and the vill- each of the actors, to their fucking credit, sort of stops in their tracks for a moment, looks at her and then gives like a next time kind of thing and moves away. <laughs> and at the, end, at the end of the procession, because I think they got wind of it, the last two characters to come up are Ray and Chewbacca, and they just walk straight up to her, both kneel down, and both start talking to her. And she gives Ray a massive hug. Ah! And it's, like, it's, been, it's going around the internet uh, the last few days with people basically captioning it as 
This is who it's for. Yeah, yeah. This is who it's for, you whining, complaining fucks. Um, like, I, I didn't enjoy Last Jedi, but I concede it's not a movie for me anyway. <laughs> like, any enjoyment I get out of it is a bonus. It ain't fucking made for me. It's made for kids. Like, all of them are made for kids. All yes, there are adult kids. themes. Yes, there are deeper meanings to those who were already about to write an email. But it's for kids. The Mandalorian, though. Is for your slightly older kids. Uh, Don't show that to your tiny six-year-old uh, Ray cosplayers. Show it to your nine, ten-year-old Ray cosplayers who are yeah. able to stomach something a little bit more gritty. Uh, well, we'll see how it, uh, exactly violent it gets. Um, but yeah, Taika yeah. Waititi is IG Eleven, which we haven't heard yet. But it's going to be cool. There's it's going to be cool. There's a lovely photo from D twenty three of uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum in a Taika Waititi and Paul Bettany sandwich. It's one of the most wonderfully pure things on the internet. It's great. It's I mean, absolutely fabulous. We, we'll get to Jeff. Oh, we Jeff. will get to Jeff and Disney's first big National Geographic series for Disney Plus. Oh, Jeff. Oh, good um, word. Also on Disney Plus, finally confirmed. It's finally happening. Um, Hugh McGregor is returning to reprise the role of Obi Wan Kenobi in a Disney Plus series. It is currently titled um, Kenobi. A Star, Star Wars story. story. So Which, I guess we know what's happened to that franchise. Yes. It's moving to Disney Plus as I think, a series. I think it was all but confirmed that there was a Kenobi movie in the works. Well, he, he sort of suggested at the, at the reveal that he has known he's playing the part again for about three years. Yeah. So and I has think... Had to, and has had to fib and pretend yeah. that he doesn't know anything for so long. Because at the end of the Star Wars presentation on, on the Plus panel... Kathleen Kennedy says, oh, we couldn't let you go without revealing one more piece of news. And she says, I, and to do that, I'd like to invite onto the stage a dear member of the of the, the Lucasfilm family. And Ewan McGregor steps out. I've seen this clip. The audience leaves their shit. It is amazing. And he just says, Kathleen, please just ask me in front of all these people. <laughs> ask me the question. Am I playing Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And she goes, Ewan? He says, yes, dear. <laughs> Because will you be playing Obi Wan Kenobi for us again? And he goes, "Yes," and you can see the relief on his face as he says it. Finally, clarifying it publicly, he doesn't have to fib anymore. The crowd goes fucking bonkers. Because again, another thing the prequels got right was his casting. No matter yeah. how daft his character arc might have been in places, no matter how stupid his dialogue might have been in places. Hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Ewan McGregor, was something that was really I, nice to watch and really fun to watch. I feel fairly confident in saying that Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is the best thing about the entire prequel trilogy. I concur. Yeah. Um, he's really good in it. Cheese and otherwise. Like, oh, bad yeah. Stuff, like, bad stuff and otherwise. He's re- Oh, I don't think so. Like, like it's, it's, it's awful. It's Star Wars. It's awful, cheesy. but really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and, mm. and, and he clearly has a love for this character and is closer in age now than before than uh, he was in those films Alec to Guinness Alec Guinness. Was f- was 68 or something. And he was in his senior years, but he yeah. was in his early he was in his early 50s. Early 50s? Yeah. Fuck off. He's 52, I think. No way! Or is he 48? He looks a me- I, I mean, either way. Because I thought he was in his mid to late 40s, but if he's 52, fuck me. What the skin cream he's using? He's late, for- he's late 40s, early 50s. He's amazing, isn't he? He's all right. Great. And and, and um, there's been a lot of media in the last couple of years in in the the new continuity for everything featuring Obi Wan during his exile. Yes, mostly stories told on Tatooine. He's popped up in Rebels in his final stand against Darth Maul. Yeah, finally took down Darth Maul. Um, and the voice actor who plays him in that. 
James Allen. It's James Allen Taylor, but he's he's really he's really channeling Guinness in that one. Yeah, because he the, the character model looks like a younger version of the the Obi Wan we all know from A New Hope. Yeah, the comics do um, a really neat job actually of blending the look of the Ewan McGregor yeah, Obi Wan with where... the. With, with, the, Alec and, with the Alan Guinness to the point one. where Hot Toys have released a figure based on that oh, and it is it's very good. gorgeous and you look at it and you're like I can see them both I can see both of them in this character's face this yeah. is phenomenal so I can imagine you know in a world where we've had Luther and, and Stan and Ollie and, and the upcoming um, film based on the Roger Ailes scandal I think it's called Scandal isn't it I can't remember now the, the Fox thing possibly where Charlie's the Rob and Nicole Kidman are wearing like very sort of prosthetics to look look like the people they're playing. I can imagine Ewan being given a few little digital or prosthetic based tweaks to his visage, so he's got a bit more Alec in his face. Well, they did they did it mostly with the hair in episode three, didn't they? Yes, the hair so and the beard. Good, yeah, yeah. Just looked very Alec Guinness. I I am I'm happy this is happening. Yes, we have no idea what the quality is going to be like. Yes, yeah. but I'm happy it's happening. God damn. Also, Star Wars on Disney Plus, they've confirmed, uh, they showed some footage for the Clone Wars proper season six. Yes. Uh, which will be coming to Disney Plus. Yes. Um, Young Justice style Um, So, of course, we need to talk about the Rise of Skywalker, which got. Oh, oh my God, I just remembered. Uh, Ming Na Wen is confirmed to being in the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, she's joined the Mandalorian, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, she was inducted into the Disney Legends. Uh, ceremony, like her handprints and everything. Her John Favreau oh, and Danny Jr. Yes. this year. Yes. Um, Ming Na Wen, of course, long fucking overdue. Uh, they did it because it's like Age of the Shield is coming to an end, and we want her, we want her honor you. But also, she's freaking the original Mulan, so yes. like get her in that Legends Hall. Also, she's um, Ming Na Wen. So she's Ming Na Wen, fucking badass. Um, but uh, she's been confirmed to being in it, and the speculation is rife that based on the timeline of the Mandalorian, she may be playing Ahsoka. Now, that would be interesting. Because we, as of the end of Rebels, we don't know Ahsoka's fate. She's implied to still being out there during the time of the original trilogy. Yes. And Ming-Na Wen is in her, uh, she's in her late 50s. So the character would be an older age. um, um, Not that she looks age. She definitely doesn't freaking look Um, Um, it. Seriously, anyone involved with Star Wars, apparently. Ian McDermott does not look that much older now than he did in the early 2000s. He's always looked old, though. He's always looked old, (laughs) but he doesn't look older. It's really strange. Some some at Lucasfilm, there's like a fountain of youth. I think he he develops it in sacks and his his goiter. (laughs) 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 Yeah, probably. Sign a contract. You must suck from the font of eternal youth juice. (laughs) Do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Do it. Um, um, but yeah, so Ming Noem might be playing Ahsoka. So that's, that's speculation, but speculation I can goddamn get behind. That's interesting. I hope not. Because I would like the Mandalorian to be. And I think they've said as. Oh, oh, oh standalone. It's going to be all like, to, completely clean. All you need like, to know is it's based on. It's set after. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's all you it's five years. So it's, it's, it's in you between. Can, I think you can do that. I think you can do an episode with Ahsoka in it that's not yeah. war heavy. It's in between Return of the Jedi. It's how you get a Jedi in the show. And the Battle of Jakku. Yes. That looks badass. And it's interesting, we've still not seen Pedro Pascal. Are they going to judge Dread him? Do we never see his face? No. Yeah, Will he always, Western style, be just referred to as the Mandalorian? That's interesting, isn't it? That's, mm. that's interesting. Uh... And, to, and to get a named star to play that role yeah. is interesting. But hey, Carl Urban did it for Dread. Fuck it. Like, you know, some actors are like, Colin's yeah, great I'm, I'm not, I'm not insanely proud. I want to play the character and if the character never all... takes their goddamn helmet off, then I'm not taking my goddamn helmet off. But that's also an, a performance challenge as well because then you have to do everything with your body. Mm. Like um, Hugo Weaving in uh, Booth Vendetta. 
Yes. Fuck. Uh, pre- who was it before? It was James. In, uh, in what? I don't even know. Someone else took over from someone else. But I don't think they say they didn't use any of the footage. But <laughs> I know it's not him. I was going to say James Vanderbeek. Oh, no, fucking he, no. <laughs> I want to say James McAvoy, but it wasn't James McAvoy. Um, I want to say it was yeah. James McTeague. Also, maybe? Taika Waititi's directed an episode of The Mandalorian, I believe. Or two, maybe. And well, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Howard has, and John Favreau directed the pilot and is the showrunner. So yes. probably he's directed more than one episode. And he's already making rumblings about a second season. Good. Good. So. Stop, stop making him make your fucking CGI animal movies. Yes. Except for a second Jungle Book. I, I'm still open for that. I'll fucking hurry up. Neil Setti is not going to look like a child for much longer. Well, quite. Um, in fact, um, I bet if you did an interview with him now, I'd be like, yes, I'm reprising the role of Mowgli. Yes, oh, I'm going to be Mowgli again. I'm going to be Mowgli. Smoking a cigarette in a holder. The big old stogie. With his cravat. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be playing Mowgli once again. Someone said the success of the movie went to your head. The wonders of digital de-aging technology. We've learned um, how to take literally three years off of Neil Setti. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Neil Setti now looks like he's in his 70s. Oh, good um, God. It's not, it's not true. We don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Him. I have no idea. It's all, it's all conjecture. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Got a new poster. A, a fucking gorgeous piece of artwork yeah. as well. As My they God. always are. Always are. The, I think the first poster for all these movies is always beautiful. Yeah. Except the later ones are also nice, but there's just something about the first. Like the Last Jedi one was the one which you've got somewhere, actually. The, yeah, the, I don't have it up anymore. The, 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 the red sort of, uh, it's Luke's face, isn't it? So mm-hmm. The thingy and Ray in the middle. and Yeah, like that is, that's a beautiful piece of work. Um, it also got some footage. Yes, the, it did. The, the, the D23 sneak peek. The, the, it was it the inside look or whatever they call them now. Peak. Yeah, where they're like, here's a featurette. And this featurette's going to have some fucking footage in it, boys and girls. Oh, boy, does it have some footage, including what looks to be the scene that is represented on the poster yes. with with Rey and Kylo fighting on on top of some... Rumoured to be the remains of the carrier. Death Star. Yes. Well, we know the remains of the Death Star are featuring it because they're in the teaser. But that planet has, is not covered in water in the teaser, so I think people are just putting two and two together and assuming... Who knows? Um, Who knows what effect the Death Star debris crashing into the forest moon of Endor had? The inside look is designed to tickle your field bags. Oh, it does tickle them. And it does it chronologically yep. in terms of release. Like, it yep. opens with stuff from A New Hope, then Empire, then Jedi, and then Phantom Menace, yep. and then Clones, and then Sith. And there's a bit of Rogue One in there, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't recall. But no, there isn't, because it's Skywalker-focused. Yeah, you're right. But it goes straight to Force Awakens, and then um, a bit of Last Jedi, and then... New shit starts appearing. This is the new shit. The trailer opens with voiceover from Luke. New voiceover. That's, uh, that has a bit of the voiceover we heard from the teaser. Teaser, yeah. But it's like expanded. Thousand generations living you now, etc, etc, etc. And then it's ended with voiceover from Emperor fucking Palpatine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> getting a Do line this time. Well, I, wish it, I wish that was it. Drink from You're the fountain of, of youth. <laughs> we suckle it from George's. <laughs> Neck teat. <laughs> you think of ordering your tickets from Fandango? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. Um, Are you? Die. <laughs> um, die, fake plinket. Um, so. <laughs> 
Fucker dog. This looks cool. Uh, and you've got that. You've got red-eyed C-3PO, which immediately gave me Marvel Comics visions. Yeah, um, yeah literally thinking triple zero. It's Invader Down, isn't it? Where triple zero tasers Luke with his palm. Yes. Um, but triple zero is the in time the... for you thinking flesh bags, whatever it is, is an end. And you're <laughs> like, holy shit. Triple zero is a main cast member in the first one of Darth Vader. He's painted up to look like, like, painted up to yeah, like 3PO, isn't he? In that? Yeah. Uh, the, first, the first one <laughs> of Darth Vader and the Doctor Aphra ongoing. He's yeah. a major player. Triple zero is great. Triple zero is great. Basically, imagine if C-3PO were a robot that performed torture and murder mm. on behalf of human masters, but claimed that it was completely of his own free will and that he enjoys every second of it. Yeah. He's, an um, ass- he's an assassin droid... Uh, Disguise as a protocol droid. Yes, it's wonderful. Yes, um, but yes, yeah, so the three pure red eyes, which the internet is not talking about enough. The fuck is going on there? Mm. Um, we get a couple more shots of uh, hyperspace travel. We get things coming out of light speed and lining up. We get an, a sky <laughs> full, full of, of star full destroyers, of Imperial yeah. star destroyers, which is. I hope that I hope that that's this movie's equivalent of a Death Star. Just put it that way. Yeah. Don't give us another fucking spherical thing in the sky. But also, Just The Last fully... Jedi make a big point out of there being like five destroyers max or whatever, like with one particular big one. That they, like, that's it. Like the the resistance is no, barely no. fighting back against the First Order, but the First Order is still like containable there's just not enough people helping fight them no 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 the, the first order's not it's massive oh fuck it's way bigger than it appears to be it's way bigger than they think it is do you think they've got the balls to end the saga with the bad guys just winning possibly I don't think they do possibly unless JJ finally opens his mystery box it's just a fortune cookie piece of paper that says let the bad guys win let the bad guys win and he's like oh shit let the Wookiee win whatever's in that mystery box now I guarantee it was edible and it's fucking rotten yeah it's just <laughs> Someone gave him like a fucking like a Terry's chocolate orange. It's a bologna sandwich from oh! seventeen years ago. Oh god! The moment he opens it, he dies. And then <laughs> it, the, the spore cloud hits him, and he dies, and immediately rots. And then someone makes a movie out of it, and the circle is complete. Yes, um, the circle is complete. Mystery box: A new horror movie <laughs> about the true story of J.J. Abrams. Listen, do I have to? What does the sneak peek end with? Sneak peek fucking ends. Yeah. With Ray. Yeah. In dark clothing. Yeah. Wielding what at first appears to be either a dual bladed or or sort of like sectioned red lightsaber. A light fork. Until we cut out wide and she Swiss Army knives that bitch and snaps it into place as a dual ended lightsaber. Yeah, it's a lightsaber it's a lightsaber staff that folds in half, basically. Yeah. I'm down with it. So again, something from the prequels people liked, Darth Maul's lightsaber, is back, kinda. Kinda. In the hands of Rey. Evil Rey. Who's dressed in your stereotypical dark side outfit. Oh yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Um, We won't have to wait long to find out, because it's out on December 20th. Yeah. And uh, judging by how these trailers are usually released, we should get a trailer in October. A proper full trailer in October. Tony Goldmark of the wonderful YouTube show about Disney theme parks and Universal theme parks. More on theme parks later. Um, for example, um, on Twitter says, for all you people complaining about the Mary Sue stuff and how she's like this, you know, a flawless hero who can do no wrong and do everything. Mm. She's now possibly a villain. Are you scared yet? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's like, mm, they've got a point. Like they have, The films have set up the idea that Ray is very kind of force sensitive and very capable and 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 um she's very tactical she thinks on her feet and is good at it 
people people have made those complaints that, oh she's too OP it's ridiculous blah 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 forgetting again A it's a kids movie and B she's the she's the good guy that the magical force of good is clearly choosing to help save the day fucking get over it guys yeah, this like, isn't complex it's, science it's, fiction it's, it's, a fairy it's kids sci-fi yeah. but that is a good point like imagine so, if you know imagine if Captain America turned out to be working for Hydra like it's you what be, if you would Captain be, America was working for we'll get to that you would be shitting yourself like, what if Ray actually does the the bad, the bad, you know, the dark side now? Like, Ray is pretty formidable. Oh shit, the good guys are in trouble. Like, you know, yeah. There's, cool. another, there's another shot of her in this sneak peek, just boomeranging her lightsaber through trees. Mm. Her blue lightsaber, actually, because yeah. she looks like she's repaired the yeah. saber. So I'm down. I'm down a clown. I'm down for Rise of the Skywalker. I'm down a clown. I wanna. I wanna. I want them to stick the landing in a completely selfish way for me personally. Yeah, I, I, just I want wanna. It. I want to. I don't enjoy number two. I want number three to make me appreciate number two even more, and and win me over and conclude it. You want to go number two? Yeah, boy. Oh no! Wait till we finish. Okay. Um. <laughs> Mind you, these cushions are very absorbent. They are very absorbent. Uh, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> it was more liquid. Than I solid. spilled coffee um, <laughs> from my ass. So, <laughs> what? What is the size coffee made of again? Oh, uh, it's ass coffee. Ah, ass coffee. coffee. Sponsors of the Big Damn Cast. Do you like coffee? Do you like fecal matter? No. Well, Have I late. got the drink for you? Choke that shit down. <laughs> Choke it down. Choke it, do it, choke it, do it, do it. Um, <laughs> so, Marvel news, probably the, the biggest avalanche of news out of B23. Yeah, because we thought Marvel would, we thought Marvel were done, boys and girls. We thought they oh, told us no, everything they could no. tell us. They've got more. There's <laughs> always more. There's always money in the banana stand. Shall we, uh, shall we talk about the entry, the confirmed entry on the release slate that they didn't say at? Uh, San Diego Comic Con, which they which they alluded to at the end of Comic Con, but didn't confirm. Let's and do, then they flat out confirmed it. Let's do Disney Plus stuff first, and then okay. we'll do movies. Okay, you beauty. Um, God, so Disney me. Plus, hold me, Matt. Decided to announce several things. Yeah. So we've already um, so we've already got we've already got yep. a Loki series, which yep. they, the director she has now confirmed that it is indeed. Uh, spinning out of Endgame's yeah. alternate reality Loki what escaping Loki into time. What Loki did next, basically. Um, which is great. I'm happy about that because we rewatched Infinity War the other day mm-hmm. and his death is so wonderfully sudden and unexpected because it's in the first five minutes of the movie yeah. that I'm glad it's sticking. Like yeah. I like the idea that the Loki we went on that journey with is gone. Like He's dead. Sorry, folks. The guy who is so, somewhat maybe redeemed that we all fell in love with as a villain and as an anti-hero... He fucking dead. Oh my dead. god, Miss Keisha. Oh fucking shit, she fucking dead. He is gone. Um, so that's great. We've got the Loki show. One division, which we've had more info out of. More now. info out of, and a wonderful bit of concept art. Have you oh seen it? yes, the two of them just sat. It like it just looks like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany if they were in a fifties sitcom, having a lovely time chatting on the sofa whilst this weirdly ominous shadow is on the back wall. And the um, shadow casting and the shapes of their classic comic appearances. Yeah, so that's like Vision and Scarlet Witch. That is fucking cool. Also, a new cast for that as well. What we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. So we've got that. One Vision announced. Uh, uh, freaking. Uh, uh, what else was the next show? Oh my god, my Wait, brain's uh, melting. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've got which, uh, poster for now with. I think we can. 
Could we, is there any extra news about that apart from the poster? I don't think so. I don't think there was any footage shown. So, spoiler alert, uh, the extra news about Falcon and Winter Soldier is there was a poster released at the Disney floor. Again, the po- the teaser posters for these things released at cons are always gorgeous pieces of artwork. I had the Infinity War one as my desktop wallpaper for the better part of a year. Yes. Um, but this is uh, Bucky and Sam. We don't see Sam full on. He's side on behind Bucky, giving us a, a hint of the costume There's he'll be wearing. There's certainly a lot more red and white in as, that costume. Captain America. And Bucky is in sort of, it's sort of the same outfit as his uh, Infinity War Endgame. Yeah, ensemble. sort of like fairly sleek black bodysuit. But he's got a, a trimmed up, neat and fucking short hairstyle. Mm. And I just, just please, please guys, at some point, just give him a domino mask. Just do it. Just do it. And I'll be do happy. It. Uh, so we've got Falcon with a soldier. Maybe um, a bit of Domino must just have the grease over the eyes. <laughs> oh, mm, well, we had that in Winter Soldier. Yeah, let's do it again. Go all out, fuck it. DC okay. aren't doing any Domino masks. Bring it full circle. Do it. Um, um, what were the other plus shows? What If. What If, which we've got some footage out. And uh, there's one more, isn't there? There's five. Or is my brain melting? No, that's it. I don't know. But, um, for now. For now, motherfuckers. Cause. We got. Holy shit. Announced. Fucking. Kevin Feige just came out and went. Oh yeah, we need oh, some more busy push offs. Oh, I didn't unfurl all of my dick. No. One second. Have a look at this. Uh, Let me pull back the foreskin to reveal. Have a look at this. A Moon Knight TV show. I can't even begin to express how excited I am about the notion of this. <laughs> and those this who don't also... know, Moon Knight. Imagine if Batman was straight up schizophrenic. Yeah. There's your, there's your show. Like Batman's schizophrenic and doesn't have an Alfred to keep him in check. Has literal multiple personalities. Yeah. Like, that's Moon Knight. A billionaire dressed in a white fucking cape and cowled suit with razor sharp, like, throwable weapons yep. and a big ass bow staff and a shitload of cool technology operating outside of the law and to a point where people like the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. be like, we need to bring this guy in. He may be... The fist of Konshu, uh, an, an instrument of the of the ancient god, Egyptian god. He may also be just severely mentally ill, mm. or maybe he's both. Like ultimate Thor. <laughs> Who knows? We're gonna find out. And I'm, I'm exci- now they're gonna have to PG thirteen him. I would, would imagine if, these would be pitched at Netflix level. Or this one well, anyway. We're, we're yet to find, we've discussed it before, haven't we? But we're yet to find out if there's gonna be an age tiered section Disney Plus. I hope so, considering their back catalogue of Miramax, Touchstone, yeah, yeah, there's gonna be a lot all those films. Them. I mean, Disney own like five of Tarantino's movies, for example. Like, yeah. it would be weird to not put them on their streaming service to give adults who aren't because they believe they're not, they exist, guys. Adults who aren't uh, big on family entertainment. It would be a perfect incentive for them to pay for Disney Plus. I think they've got a walled-off section. I think is, they will do that, which is why I hoped that one day, far beyond the deals, they could finally put the Netflix shows in a pocket in there and be like, "There they go. Here, they have they have a streaming home now for you to watch them." Um, Money solves all problems, Chris. Indeed, it does. Um, but uh, yeah, Moon Knight. Even if it's PG thirteen, I think we could do it in a PG thirteen way, based on how dark some of the material they've handled in the MCU has been. I mean, yeah, they can Infinity do it. War and Endgame. Anyone? Yeah, they could definitely do it. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Moon Knight. Holy fuck. Moon Knight. Moon Knight is about to become a household name. So She-Hulk. <laughs> Jim Brass said I can't begin to describe how excited I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Times that by tw- two. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to fucking She-Hulk. And they've confirmed that She-Hulk will be a fucking law show. Yeah. A so lawyer who is also a Hulk. It's going to be drawing more on the Dan Slot era of the mm. She-Hulk comic book from the 2000s. Mm. 
Um, and you can tell that he kind of knew this was coming because his tweets around it were like, well, there you are. <laughs> was like, oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, She-Hulk, for those who don't know, is the cousin of Bruce Banner, um, who in the comics traditionally, through a horrible accident, needs a blood transfusion. Banner is there to provide and his gamma-irradiated blood does some shit to her. Yeah, she's not as strong as Hulk, but she can Hulk out at will, yeah. and she doesn't lose is her intelligence. Jen, Jen Walters? Jen, Jen Walters. Walters. Jen Walters can transform into the She-Hulk. Uh, sometimes she's been just in that form permanently. Dan Slott's run dealt with the idea that maybe she can change it at will still, despite claiming she couldn't. Yeah, she just likes it She more. just likes it more. She's like, Eight foot tall, green. Um, there was going to be not overly comically muscular, but like is muscular and is still going and doing freaking like superhero and supernatural related court cases. There was going to be a movie in the early nineties, I think, which got as far as some promo stills. Yeah, with Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, as She Hulk. Yeah, so existing in that alternate reality where we also got that uh, David Bowie produced Daredevil TV yeah. series. Um, so think but, yeah. of that. That sort of thing. Yeah. It's uh like it will be cool that the fact she's she hulk, they have to tie it into the MC obviously more directly. So yeah. I'm wondering whether or not the big selling point of that one for the trailers will be Ruffalo's involvement in the show. Yeah, can you imagine if Professor Hulk popped up? Because of course, yeah, if it's based on that part of the timeline, if it's set yeah. after Endgame, then yeah. Um maybe she will become a Hulk independently and they'll they'll drop the cousin thing. And, and you know what I mean it, it's yeah probably because um, he never really talked about Branagh's family in the MCU so it could go either way really this could be a great way to um, bring Betty into it in some way and get Betty. her Tyler back on board um, Betty. Betty or as Lucy says Betty <laughs> when, we, when we did our marathon last year we got to the Incredible Hulk every five seconds you just keep going I was like, stop it! <laughs> but now, whenever I mention the Hulk, if there is a pause longer than a second afterwards, she just goes, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, oh my God, an, an action show that's also a law procedural. Fuck yes. yes please. With, with also She Hulk. So, yeah, nice. Um, nice. And like I said before, Tina Fey. Just put Tina Fey in. I've seen a lot, I've seen some people <laughs> blowing a trumpet for Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, yes. Fuck. Um, okay. So, mm. there is that. Um, but would you do a uh, 60 style Luke Ferrigno and have different people playing Jen and She-Hulk? No, I think with their budget, I think you you create you create a mocap character and just do it that way. I mean, it's expensive. If you spend more time... Series is set, we don't know how, how long these series are. If it was like a five-part yeah. series, you could totally do that. If she spends more time as She-Hulk, it'd make more sense to have... The Hulk, Hulkified version of her, more or less live action, mm. and then use like similar to the Cap, Captain America, Chris Evans stuff to make her Jen Walters. Oh, okay. That, if she's She Hulk all the time, that would make more sense for me. If I was a if I was a filmmaker, which I'm not. If I was a TV, if I was a TV producer, which I'm not. But I couldn't have a soul. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey. So what you're saying um, is we paint Gina Carano green. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It is about time. She's been touted for so many superhero things. It is about time that she went, look, Gina, you've waited for ages. She's in The Mandalorian. She's in The Mandalorian and she's, um, what do you call it? She is uh, Angel Dust in, in uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. 
and she gets to do a superhero landing. Superhero landing! Yay! But, like, she's been touted as Wonder Woman at one point and all this stuff. Just, just yeah, fuck it. It's about time. Let her show off some comic. How com- tall is let she? Let show off She's not super tall, but she's like 6'4", I think. Mm. But, you know, you, that's that's where you use your platforms and your heels and your shooting and everything. Yeah. Like, Elijah Wood, Wood was tall. not 3'4", David. <laughs> um, he's 3'9". Um, but, you know, you, you, you know it's, you can do it. But, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I'm excited. And if they draw on the dance slot run for inspiration, fucking great. And because it's Disney+, Plus, we get to do what S.H.I.E.L.D. promised it was going to do and did a bit more in its earlier series which is bringing elements that are clearly never going to get their, their own movie. Yeah. But would be cool to see. Because, like, the Absorbing Man was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a few episodes. Yeah. Fucking bring him in. Like, he's, he's classically a Hulk or Thor villain. Yeah. Let's have a storyline where Jen has to defend him in court against her best wishes. Can we turn so this... So we can have a fight between the Absorbing Man and She-Hulk. That would be amazing. Can we turn this into an MCU version of Powerless, but, you know, like, good? Yes, please. Well, that nearly damage control was. In yeah, the works. They've, they've. And then Powerless like got the green light, and Disney pulled back. It's like, and they introduced yeah. the concept of damage control in Spider-Man: Homecoming as a, as a company, and that was it. Yes, and it, it sort of it was sort of piloted in Item Forty Seven as well. Yeah, like Agent Sitwell's role in that was obviously meant to be a damage control style. Like, oh god, someone nicked some of the tech. Oh, we've got to find it, fucking hell. And in fact, I think if I remember correctly, the two the, the, the man and wife in that story that then I think they both appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. briefly as well, like not featured as roles. It was like, oh god, it's the guys who get turned at S.H.I.E.L.D. agents at the end of Item 47. Yeah. Um, they, I think that was meant to sort of be again teasing the idea of like, oh, damage control could be a S.H.I.E.L.D. thing and it could be these people who are really excitable and intriguing. Yeah, so maybe we do get that with the She-Hulk. Ah, well, two amazing new Disney Plus shows announced by the Marvel Studios team. Oh yeah, Chris Newton is Marvel show. Oh my god, yes. Do you remember that excitement I told you about that I couldn't quite describe? Can you times it by four? The new Kamala Khan's Marvel show. I would round it up to five, but I have one qualm with this. What? Why is it not a movie, man? Why is it not a movie? Mm. Um, I say that simply just from the basis of that would be even more cool representation. It would be more cool representation. I think they want to hit it hard and hit it fast. But that is the thing as well. The Kamala Khan story... Like, her family are a big part of her life and her story. And a TV series would narratively do much better service yeah. to that. And you can you can condense family life and, 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 and tell that story and make them a prominent role into films, and especially in superhero fiction. It has been done. For perfect examples, look at Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um, Shaz- Shazam, most Shazam, recently. Yeah, Shazam. Like, you good. can do it and make it work really well, but I, I, I kind of, I see why they've gone for a series over a film. Um, holy shit, we're going to get, um, what's it, Pakistani-American representation within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Do you think she's going to have full-on stretchy powers, or do you think it's going to be sort of more like bit-part stretchy powers? I want... Full on stretchy powers. Okay. Full on in beginning. I don't want them to take away, as weird as it sounds, too much from the inevitable Reed Richards we're going to get. Uh, they have fairly similar power sets, mm. but. Well, she, tend, she tends to do less like stretchy, stretchy, or yeah. stretch my arms, make big fists, look at me, I'm now seven feet tall. I'm yeah. Punch you I don't think she's got the range that Reed Richards has. In terms of, like, I don't think she can stretch yeah. as far, and I don't think she's quite as plastic. <clears throat> Also, it's a story of, of a kid. Yes. Who idolises, and this is going to be interesting because the world's reaction to Captain Marvel has been odd overall. It's not been unanimously, we as an audience love this character. 
I'm not just talking about the loud, smaller set of people who just have a problem full stop because she's mm. a woman, la la la. Like, I mean, there has been kind of a thing of, like, myself included, where I'm like, yeah, she's cool. I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're not showing us enough of Carol, or I'd like to get to know her a little bit better as a person. But I'd to like be fair, more Carol, please. To be fair, yeah, that's what an excuse for another movie or whatnot could give us. So that's yes. cool. But there are people, especially female audience members, at about fucking time who are like, yes, please, more Carol fucking absolutely. Thank you so much, Marvel, for doing this. So to represent that in a character in the MCU with Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Go for it. Cool. Great. Fucking awesome. Also, if they go all off the... If they maintain the comics characterization that she's a superhero fangirl. Yes. In universe. Yes. She'll be she will be a pseudo Spider Man replacement. Yes. As well. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. We get to have somebody who's less like they're a direct uh they're a direct element in my life and more Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. freaking love She Hulk. She's cool. Do you see She Hulk on the news, Mom? Oh my god, she's fucking awesome. I want to be a lawyer or a detective. Did you hear about that? Jessica Jones? She's so fucking cool. Oh my god! I was going to school and I saw I saw War Machine flying over over the, the Stark Tower. Like you know, you can do War that kind of stuff. Machine. Oh fuck yeah! Um, I, hope, I hope we've not seen the last of Don Cheadle. I hope we haven't. And his old wizened face. I hope we've never seen the last of Don Cheadle. And his turkey like <clears throat> neck. I want. <laughs> I want Don Cheadle to outlive the inevitable heat death of the universe. Um, <laughs> we are not done until we're done. Cheadle. Hey! Um, right, so the existing Marvel Plus, Marvel Plus? Disney Plus shows. Let's talk about these. Yes. So WandaVision has its poster. That beautiful and teaser image. Beautiful teaser image. And they confirmed some new cast members. And one of these I'm really excited about. Some new cast members. Yeah. We have yeah. returning MCU alumni. Yes. Kat Dennings reprising her role as Darcy in the Thor movies. Yes. And Randall Park reprising his role as Agent Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. And joining the MCU is Catherine Hahn. Ah, do you know who Catherine is playing yet? No announcement on who she's playing. Um, Catherine Hahn, excellent addition. She's brilliant. I love Catherine Hahn. The return of Jimmy Wu. Yeah. Yes. Because that was great. When I was, I think it was the second time I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, I realized that's who he was. And also, I was like, so oh, fucking I was so delighted that it was him. Because I was like, oh my God, you are subtly expanding the fucking MCU with more characters in ways yeah. that I didn't even spot in my first watching. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but I'm most excited about Kat Dennings returning as Darcy. Simply because that is a character who was sort of, for better or worse, was just sort of really cheesy comic relief. Yeah. But is a character who has studied dimensional travel, dimensional gateways, the idea of connecting between universes. So if you're going to bring somebody in for your show about Wanda learning about her reality warping powers or maybe traveling to different realities. And you can't get Stellan Skarsgård. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Selvig has a yeah, cameo wouldn't in surprise it. Me, I wouldn't actually. be surprised. But, like, it makes sense. And also... Kat Dennings is now a fucking veteran of the procedural TV schedule kind of world. Yeah. Having well, done two broke girls for years. They're apparently pitching WandaVision as a sort of sitcom. Yes. In, uh, complete with laugh track for some of it, I've heard. So... Not not the whole thing. The whole thing isn't going to be thingy, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of the realities. Yeah. That it's we like spend a lot of our time sitcom. in. Yeah. So, who do you get? You get people who have done comedy. So, you get Cat Dennings, yes. you get Randall Park, you get uh, Catherine Hart. Hmm. 
I just I'm I'm delighted and and you know awesome. Like keep keep that MCU alive. I, I want to see it's more. It's still of this. got a terrible title, but I'm really intrigued I don't about hate it. The title because of the title treatment. Yeah. Because of that little antenna radar thing coming off the eye. I'm like, no, I get it. I I this is this is they're hinting at what's to come. It sounds stupid because it's their two names mashed together. Yeah. But I don't think that's what it is. I think I think the word vision is not referring to him strictly. Also, some one division could totally be just like this is the overall title we're giving to the idea that she is seek, she's seeking out through universes to find him. But some conjecture is also going around now that maybe this is going to lead to her having a more antagonistic role in the Doctor Strange sequel. Scarlet Witch, yeah, maybe losing control of dimensional stuff, like some kind of house of some kind, no, some kind maybe of multiverse of madness. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I don't want. I don't want to make one the villain. I think if no. you do House of M style storyline, I think you need to do it with someone else pulling her strings because she ha- she has totally redeemed herself. Like she's gone through her redemption arc. Yeah, and I want to just see her be on top now. Like one of the coolest moments in Endgame is when she fucking joins in the fight. Oh, she kicks their shit like, out you of took, house, was yeah. it, You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. You will. You will. And like, she is the only person in that fight who gets him to the point where he fucking panics and just orders a nuclear strike. Yeah. <laughs> like, wonder, I won't wonder if she is going to be a, a, a weapon uh, uh, against our heroes in the future. I think someone else has to pull those strings. I think you've got to have someone mind controlling her or something or getting inside there and manipulating what she can do. Um, just so she can have the fucking cool moment at the end of being like, turn it around and fuck your shit up, son. Well, fuck your shit up, um, boy! Which would be awesome. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't, I think this, I think this might be the show I'm anticipating the most now. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. Um, um, just for the possibilities. Although we did get some footage from What If. Yes, we fucking did! They it's showed, not available online yet. There's a couple of I pictures. I don't think they showed footage, footage. I think it was the, the... Uh, completely colorized and illustrated animatics. Oh, okay. And concept art. Because there was, I know there was for one specific storyline. There was two. Oh <gasps> wait, what? They showed, just a second. They showed Winter Soldier facing off against a zombie cap. What? And the fuck is that for? And a um most, most Peggy Carter, like, Captain America, Captain Carter, Captain Carter. Um, all complete with, with unenhanced Steve Rogers in some sort of. World War Two era Hulkbuster armor, created by Howard Stark. So with yeah. Peggy wearing what can best be described as, let's face it, a Captain Britain costume. Yeah, um, complete with uh, a some, Union Jack in the center of the vibranium shield. Some uh, some outlets are wrongly calling it erroneously reporting it as, as her as Captain Britain, but she isn't Captain Britain. No, it's ca- it's de- it's definitely a nod toward Brian Braddock. I mean, they might go that way with it in the episode, but certainly they're not referred to it. As Captain Britain, and uh, I believe the cat, the, the uh, uh, Haley Atwell was the cast member who came along to discuss the show and, and yes. talk about it because I presume she's already recorded her episode by this point. Yes, um, or, I... or is over there right now to de- get that recording. Yeah, done. you think uh, the, the principal recording sessions? Uh, I I think there was oh, a, shit, I, there man. was a bit of um, Haley Atwell also sort of showing thanks to. The fact that there is such demand for more Peggy. Mm. Like, people really took to that character. And her, by extension, her. Like, it was, it's Hayley Atwell's performance that make that has made Peggy as popular as she is. There's so. a, boat, a boatload of sets have been released over the last few months, Marvel Legends sets, for the 80, 80 years of Marvel range. Yeah. And a few of them were MCU inspired. And I've, I only spent the money on the shipping to get hold of one of them on fucking release. And that was the first Avenger set, which... 
partially because it comes with a Steve in his um, raid in the the lab gear. Yeah. So he's, you can see the, the the cheesy costume peeking out underneath the jacket. Very but good. He's, but he's in you know like the boots and the pants. He's got fucking uh, he's got a gun and, and the helmet on top, uh, and two really good sculpts of Chris Evans that are both the same, but one of them's got slightly flatter hair because it's built for the hat. She's like, great, well done. Literal um, hat hair. So you can have the hat in hand and him with his hat hair. Um, but the main reason I got it was because the other figure is Peggy. Uh, and she comes with the blank vibranium shield and uh, a, a fucking automatic yes. gun. It's like, yes. oh my God, this is great. This is great. This yes. is great. Um, um, so yeah. So that makes me excited as fuck. They also confirmed that there will be 23 episodes of What If yeah. in season one yeah. based on the currently existing because obviously other films will come out between now and then. Yes. Well, season one is 23 episodes and they will be based on the current existing 23 movies in the MCU, one for each movie. So we now know what the format of What If is for the MCU version. It is a, that story you know. But, but if this what happens, if? Yeah. Um, I've got a feeling that they're going to be Flash animated. I, I, not necessarily crude. They're, like, they're that Oh, because we could still be flash animated. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, um, it's self shaded style. Motion. But I, I'm excited for that. Uh, I think the reason why we're going to get 23, I, and the reason why all these big stars have said yes, I think we're looking at probably like 10 minute episodes. Oh, yeah. I probably. think they're going to be quite short. Um, I would have thought so. But still enough to, to give us some sweet, sweet what if action. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I just can't wait for him to get up to the ones involving fucking Thanos because Josh Brolin is a confirmed cast member. I think everyone's going back. Nearly everyone. Downey and Evans are not. Oh. Yeah, Johansson's confirmed. Uh, so I, I guess it just depends on the stories, really, doesn't it? Uh, I, don't, I, know... I don't think they will bring in replacement voice actors. I think that means the stories will be catered to who has said yes and, and whatnot. Interesting. Because Tom Holland's not a cast member, as far as I'm aware. Because I've seen him talking about at least a couple of different How do you think do a what if for Homecoming from Far From Home if Holland's not a cast member? Then again, I, I imagine they probably could get him back to do it because Tom Holland is tied to make live action movies for Sony, but he's not. Tied down to not make voice appearances, but we'll get we'll get into the complications of what that character is going to be doing over the next few years in a minute. Because I got do we have I've got my theme park fucking Do we news. have to? No, we're not going to talk about the divorce because that's depressing. We talked um, about it a lot last week, but I've got some news in regards to the theme parks that makes you realise ah some stuff may already have been signed off and approved long before this deal was question in question. Which well, means he probably could do what if episodes if it's already been agreed on. Or there's a little bit of Spider-Man news. <gasps> Spider-Man! But it's like the littlest bit of like thing you would least expect. Yeah, hit me, boy. Disney Junior. What? Are getting a Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends show aimed at tiny kids, but the Amazing Friends in this case being other versions of Spider-Man in a sort of like <sighs> Funko Pop-esque design style... It's Spider-Man and his other Spider-Mans teaming up with other... It's Marvel team-up, but with Spider-Man and Ghost Spider and Ma- Miles Morales Spider-Man and Hero of the Week. So that's, that's you know, something nice for the kids. Spider-Verse is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I I love the original Spider-Verse story arc. I think it's fucking great. I think... Uh, and Shattered Dimensions, which clearly was sort of like a... Dan Slott testing the idea for it. Fucking great. Love them. Love the Spider-Verse comic and its tie-ins. So much fun. that Joker. I love Into the Spider-Verse. It's a great movie. Fucking amazing movie. Might be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I watched it again. We introduced the child to it. 
and uh, witness blew, this, the child. Blew his mind. Blew so his mind. Good. Just the music. Mm. Even the stuff that doesn't make it onto the official soundtrack. Just a little bit of fucking B.I.G. You know, <laughs> a little bit of Biggie at the top. Um, but, um, so, you know, I love those things. I absolutely do love them. But, the last series of Ultimate Spider-Man, the last two series of Ultimate Spider-Man, Web Warriors, which is basically them just being obsessed with the the idea of crossovers and different Spider-Men, which got referenced in Spider-Verse, to be fair, in the comic book. Yeah. There's a bit where the ultimate, because the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon version of Ultimate Spider-Man is in that. Yes. And a team that Miles is basically put on because they're on, nonetheless, the least dangerous mission, and Peter makes sure that Miles is on the least dangerous mission. Um, and he's with him, and they're driving up, like, it's like them and Spider-Ham and a couple of us, and they're driving up a wall in, in the, uh, the Spider-Mobile. And the Ultimate Spider-Man keeps referring to them as the Web Warriors, and Miles is like, didn't decide on a name. Please uh, shut up. Please. And it's a reference to the cartoon. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I, as I, I, a Spider-Man trope I absolutely am so bored of is what would this character be like if they had the Venom symbiote? Let's put the Venom symbiote on this character. Whoa, what would They're doing like? that in the Marvel Spider-Man animation that's on at the moment. Mm, yeah. Oh, they're about to do Superior Spider-Man, which again, I'm like, no. Like, no. I get yeah. it, but... No, but they're doing. They're doing. They're currently doing. Um, what's it called? Maximum Venom. Oh, in, in in the current cartoon. Current cartoon isn't very good. Um, it's Maximum it's Venom. Viprin. It's not very good. Maximum Venom. But the but and also has broken continuity because that version of Spider Man has now appeared in uh, Avengers Assemble, whatever it's called now. Um, um, even though Marvel's the Ultimate Spider Man version Avengers. appeared in the earlier seasons, so the continuity yes. is broken. Um, it broke. But, son. but uh, like as as bored as I am of that, I'm getting more bored now of every new Spider-Man property announced being gay. Look at all the alternate Spider people. It's like the, well, you're going you know to dilute it, it and make it boring. One thing works, so they just keep doing that again. This is essentially again, a success to again. the superhero show, pretty much. Yes, I suppose it's got that similar sort of cutesy chibi art style. Yeah. Fine, uh, whatever. It's not aimed at us. Cool. As long as it's yeah, not, that's what I mean. It's as long like, as it's not trash and doesn't talk down to its audience, then cool. Well, that's kind of neat. I mean, it's it's aimed at uh, preschoolers by by all accounts, so I don't think they'll have much talking down to do. <laughs> like how how do you because they're two foot something? How do you not talk down to preschoolers? Um, you you do what Ray in that parade did, and you kneel down and you talk to them eye to eye. Damn oh it. yeah, okay, sure, <laughs> sure, that'll work. Get on their level. Um, God damn it! Right, let's talk about movies. Must we? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the, the furthest away first. Okay. Now confirmed for 2022. Yes, by its director who wrapped up on stage to be like, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Ryan Coogler is returning for Black Panther 2. Working title. They haven't got a proper title for it yet. Um, they're taking a time on it. He wants to make it real special. Um, the assumption is that all... Uh, the existing, the surviving cast from the first one are returning. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Coogler returning to direct and write. And 6th of May 2022, we will get another Black Panther. Feels a million years away. It but, feels so long away. But I'm just happy we're getting it. Because, of course, we're getting it. The financial success of the first one guaranteed we were definitely getting it. Yes. And it means we will have, by that point... Five movies with Black Panther in them. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Five really good movies with Black Panther in them. That's pretty fucking cool. Who'd have thunk it? So during our Infinity War rewatch, the moment like, oh, the whole, like we don't know who'd have the technology to do that, 
and it just cuts to cap and you just see that sort of like the drum starts to build yeah before he says I think I know a place like just oh my god goosebumps on my skin every time I'm just so excited there's a few moments in the MCU where they're about to introduce a character or suggest a character mm-hmm. and I go like oh I'm so excited like the other one is when the the, the, the subtitle for the Queens just comes up in Civil War yeah and that track plays you're just like oh my god Spider-Man like it's just Oh, it's so cool. Spider I Boy. I can't wait for more Black Panther. Spider Boy. What villain do you think they'll go for? Do you think um, they'll go for a BP villain or do you think they'll go for a, a wider Marvel threat? Don't know. Don't know, because he's not got like a huge rogues gallery. And we've done Killmonger. And Baku's become sort of a, an, a, yeah. a shaky ally instead of a villain. Um, Claw's dead. Yeah. Well, we didn't get red robotic Claw, so they could totally do something with Claw if they wanted. Maybe. And it would be a mocap character and... I'm sure Andy Serkis is open to the idea of doing some performance capture, maybe. <laughs> don't know if he's ever tried it before. It's, it's all he's going to do for the rest of his life at this point. He's Poor an excellent... Andy he has pioneered it, though, to be fair. To, yeah, to, and, be and to the point where he now runs a company as yeah. well. Like, no, no so, doubt. No doubt. Yeah, you know, he's, he's phenomenal. And he, he has championed it as just being like, it's not a fucking magic trick. Like, it, it is performance. It's just a different costume. It's like, yeah, good on you. Yeah. The dudes managed to play actual apes, like you know, yes. on numerous occasions, and has been phenomenal in the role. Um, yes. So yeah. Um, so Black Panther two is happening. Surprising no one, but nice to have it confirmed. Black Widow's right around the corner. Yes. Uh, there was some footage shown at the event, but none of it has been released online as of yet. And we also got a lovely new poster. Showing us the characters, including a very, very beardy Red Guardian. Mm, and basically a straight up like Red Guardian style yeah. Captain America cowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, Taskmaster glimpsed as well, confirming yeah. what... Well, I'll say confirming. It's reinforcing what I believe, that it's a repurposed Iron Man armour. Yes. Because it's got the cheekbone structure and, and the chin and everything. Love the cheekbones. <laughs> but it's but it's got um, but it's got a, it's got a skull like nose thingy in and it's got these like tech goggles over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also seen the white Black Widow suit. Yes, and that's that's out there. So yes, that's pretty neat. Apparently, the teaser footage had Florence Pugh. Yes, and Scarlett Johansson uh, in a tussle with each other. Um, lots of choking. Ooh. So that's one for you, uh, Tumblr. Get on that. Uh, Get right on that. No, you can't put adult content on. Choking is not adult content, sir. Depends on the content. What you put in the comments or the reblog? Well, um, <laughs> God, remember Tumblr? Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember Tumblr? Tumblr. Do you remember Tumblr? Because I'm sure uh, a boatload of the bank accounts of the people who used to make money from it remember Tumblr as uh, well. It lost $1.8 billion in the last few months alone. That's what happens when Yahoo buys things. That's what happens, Verizon, when you get rid of the titties. Yeah. Um, so there you go. <laughs> nothing generates revenue. We want to make it family friendly, family friendly, guys. It's a fucking blog site. It will only ever be more yeah, people who work on exactly. it and make things what it want it to be. If you, if you restrict them, they will go elsewhere. You want to make a family friendly um, version? Do like Tumblr family or some shit like that. Yeah, but you got rid of the titties. Tumblr. And you have paid no, for it. Right. You've paid for it in just over a billion dollars. <laughs> so there you go. Um, bring back the titties. Hashtag bring back the titties. So the big. The, the big centerpiece. Hashtag Tumblr titties. The, the, big, the big Tumblr titties of uh, Marvel's D23 lineup. <laughs> of course. <laughs> was The Eternals. Yeah. It's the movie that everyone knows the least about. No one knows what the fuck The Eternals is. 
I need um, to reread the Neil Gaiman run because there, there was suggestions at SDCC that the Neil Gaiman run is what they're going to focus on. I would imagine inspiration. So. That's, that's the goal. I, I do own that in a big chunky Panini like mm. UK trade. So I've, I've got, got a hardback of this. I've not sold it yet. Ooh, you dirt. I'm going to sell it. I've not sold it. Read it and then sell it. Yes, that's the plan. <laughs> um, so they brought the entire cast out on stage. Ooh. The entire cast, including the new additions. Yeah. It broke. Um, it broke just before the uh, the show that Kit Harrington was joining the MCU. In an undisclosed In an role. Undisclosed role. And to be fair, we still don't know too much about the version of the character he's going to be no, playing. No, no, we know who he's playing. Um, and it also came out that Gemma Chan was looking to play a different MCU role because she already played Minerva in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And that she well, was being again, courted again for another role. And, spoiler yeah. alert, killed off. Yes. So that's um, a, that is a fucking hard action figure to get hold of, by the way. There was a Walmart exclusive Captain Marvel as Veers. The figure's called Veers. Yeah, okay. And it's her in her blue outfit and everything with a swappable blue head. But she also has a, a ta- detachable bandolier, <laughs> a different gun, and a Minerva head. So essentially, if you want Minerva, you buy that figure, Swap you put head. the alternate stuff on. And it's okay. like, I really wanted that because I thought she looked fucking cool. I that's was like, cool. I want that figure. And it's really hard to get hold of. That's cool. Down. So if any of our uh, um, any of our listeners want to spend a stupid amount of money on me for no reason, then you know what to get me. Cheers, guys. So yeah, that was that was confirmed when they brought. You could pay my castle tax bill, but you know. Oh, that's a fucker. They brought the entire cast of the Eternals out on stage. Yes, they. Well, the entire, oh, was, was the entire confirmed cast. Yeah, um, there was a couple missing in attendance, I believe. Because they're, they're mostly oh, lined up to their pictures, but there's a couple couple missing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Um, the, but yeah, the, speaking of the pictures, we get. Now we now see the Eternals all in costume. Yes, and we get confirmation that Kit Harrington is in fact playing Dane Whitman, aka the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, long, like long time C list Avenger. Yeah, well, um, that's, that's why I said like we don't really know what version he's going to be playing because yes, we know which Black Knight it is. Yeah, but that character in any adaptation has always been interchangeable as to what their actual. Because he's the yeah. villain one. Is that Nathan Garrett? I think so. He's the villainous one. The original one. Yeah. The, well, like, not the original one, but who pops up in the comics first. He, he pops up as a villain. Yeah. They, uh, they, they're, they're still a very interchangeable character whose who's allegiances or whatever are different based on which incarnation and also which writer. But Dane Whitman is the version of the Black Knight who has a romantic relationship with Cersei, mm. uh, leader of the Eternals, played by who is now confirmed to be playing, being played by Gemma Chan. Yeah. So And they've also confirmed that Gemma Chan is going and Cersei, by and large, is going to be the main character of the movie. Yes. So we have our story. It's not what we thought per se of there being a character learning about it and going into that world. Which we I think originally we suspected maybe Kamal Nanjani's character being that. But he's one of the Eternals. He's one of the Eternals. Um yeah. uh but um Kit Harrington's character, the Black Knight, may be our, yeah, maybe. our window into it. Because he has like a mystical blade, yeah. so him he might. If I, if it was me, if it was me, I would have it so Dane discovers this mystical blade and somehow gets pulled into the world of the Eternals. Mm. Um, but I think he's gonna uh, stand by Cersei for the majority of it, just going, "She's our queen." I really hope not. I really mm-hmm. hope they don't make him like grim. I really hope he's American. I think Dane Whitman is British, though. Fuck. The reason I say that is because I just think I'd be taken out of it if I was hearing his own voice. I think I think he is British because he's um, 
He's part. I think he turns up in MI uh, Captain Britain MI thirteen. I think he was in part of Excalibur. I was going to say Excalibur. Like they can't not have I the could Black be wrong. Knight being Excalibur I in could some be way. Um, Excalibur, the mutant, most of the time British. But, but can they please have him in the in like the the classic nineties leather jacket and full on knight helmet? <laughs> can we sure. do that, please? Like, yeah, let's do it. Um, if not, Photoshop. Oh no, I tell you, he's not the leader of the Eternals. That's no, no. Ajax. Yeah, played by Sam Hayek. Yeah. So yeah, so the cast we've got, we've got Sam Hayek, who is Ajax, Richard Madden as um, Icarus, who's the one who looks like He-Man that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, also, Richard Madden and Kit Harington reunited from Game of Thrones. Uh, Angela Gio- Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Angelina Jolie. He's <laughs> <sighs> playing Thena. Uh, she seems like she is the... Uh, antagonist perhaps she's also blonde as fuck yes um we've got uh, she she's had training in ballet and sword and swordsmanship for the role and her kids are excited to see the results um okay it's like uh, she says what's really moving to me is they just want to see me strong let's see me in the film just they want to see me strong and having fun which I think is quite sweet. Oh, that is sweet. She's gone um, through a lot of shit in the last few years. So that's, yeah. that's quite cool that the kids are just like, we should uh, see them kicking ass and having a good time. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is playing Kingo. Brian Tyree Henry is Phaistos. That's a copy. Uh, Madong Siok is Gilgamesh. Liam McHugh is Sprite. And Lauren Ridloff is Makari. And those are Eternals. I, I know shit all about the Eternals. Well, we'll know more than shit all when we read the book. I know Barry... Uh, who else did the... Um, who else did the... You know, uh, Barry Keon is playing uh, Drig. Another the Eternal. So yeah, good luck getting all these names across. This is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy level challenge. Like, it's going to be but you know, they, we got we got see them in their costumes. They look fucking great. Plenty of color. It's very MCU sort of like textured. Yeah. Uh, stuff. It looks like they're not compromising the rainbow color scheme. No. though, no. For, for uh, sake of realism, they haven't got the the red on Icarus. He's just blue. All right. Um. So they've made. So they've sort of given them all single color schemes, which probably makes more sense from a design standpoint. Go um, go power eternal. I know. But this looks of a of a style with like the Asgardian costumes and designs. Yeah. So it, it seems like it makes consistent sense in that universe. Old Asgardian, not current uh, Port Isaac's fisherman. No, no. Asgardians. Classic Asgardian. <laughs> Woolen jumper and a fishing rod Asgardian. And of course we've got that poster that came out uh, with the November 2020 release date which has the Celestials on it. Yeah, which just look fucking—they look like celestials. Some Jack Kirby ass, uh, celestial ass celestials. Jack Kirby's ass. Jack Kirby's looks like Jack Kirby's ass. Um, so yeah, I'm jazzed for that, and that's that's D twenty three. That's that's a that's another D twenty three. Well, with a big old news drop right on my chest. Well. You're not finished there, Sonny Jim. Oh, please, I want to be finished so bad. New Disney theme park attractions, restaurants, and parades outlined at D23. Oh. Weirdly, as much as as happy as I am with all the news and everything we've just covered, this is the shit I live for when it comes to D23 because this is the most comprehensive announcement when it comes to the parks. I am an avid fan of those theme parks. I fucking love them. 
it's looking like that I'm going back to Florida next October. I've never been able to afford to be an avid fan of one of these parks. So. You say that, but I think there's a reason why we might have to save up to do a Paris trip sometime mm, in the next two no. years. Because, um, believe, like, seriously, stick with me and Lucy. We will figure out the times to get cheaper packages. Honestly, fucking great. Because I'm going to read this verbatim from Deadline because it's probably the most like nice roundup that I've found. Um, with my own thoughts along the way. But uh, the Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman Bob Chapek unveiled details at D23 uh, on several new attractions that will be appearing at the company's theme parks, including the new parade of Disney characters. Mm. Of course, there are theme parades and shows as part of it as well. But here is the basics. Um, so, he was joined on stage at one point by Dick Van Dyke for a, pro- a performance of Step in Time. YouTube, sure. it, it's fucking delightful. Okay. To announce the very first Mary Poppins attraction at a Disney theme park coming to Epcot, the Epcot Center in Florida at Walt Disney World. Epcot's United Kingdom okay. Pavilion, which is wonderful because it's basically a recreation of like a small English village in that section of Epcot. It's fucking accurate. Like, oh, yeah, I would imagine so. And of course, the shops in all the Epcot World Center stuff around the Big Lake are themed, sell things themed to the countries that they're based upon. Yeah. So yeah. if you've ever wanted to uh, pay an import tax on a Twix that makes it about £7... That's your place to do it. But Fuck I will say this. that. On my first journey to Epcot, because obviously when I was out there, I was like, give me all the American sweets. I want yes, to try all please. the American sweets. But while I was out there on my first trip, I think it was a Kit Kat. I bought a Kit Kat for the equivalent of about three quid. <laughs> and I'm glad I did, because it was like... I mean, that's, yeah. that's standard theme park pricing for a Kit Kat, to be honest. That's not, <laughs> like, that's not oh, no, that much more expensive. Kit Kat, sorry, it was Jaffa Cakes. It was Jaffa Cakes. Uh, that's all right, like, I guess. Oh, this, this is nice. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, as weird as it sounded... In my second week of that trip away, I was like, this is a nice little touch of home that's making me feel kind of, like, uh, homely. Mm, but So, Epcot's United Kingdom Pavilion will welcome the very first inspired Mary Poppins attraction. Uh, guests will step in time down Cherry Tree Lane, no. past Admiral Boom's house, then enter number 17, home of the Banks family, where their adventure will begin. Mm. Composer Pinar Toprak performed her new anthem for Epcot on the piano, and singer Jordan Fisher previewed the musical score for Disneyland's new parade. So basically, a load of whimsical shit is coming to Epcot and uh, Disneyland. No whimsical shit. But, like, Mary, Poppin, Mary Poppins, considering how big a staple it is of Disney's canon, has never had an attraction based on it. It was going to at one point, but that was turned into a section of the great movie ride at Walt Disney's Hollywood mm. Studios Park in Florida, um, which was lovely. The great movie ride closed down a year and a half ago to make way for the new Mickey and Minnie Railroad, which we'll get to. Oh, um, God. So that sounds like a threat. There's a bunch of new ships joining the Disney Cruise Line uh, starting in uh, late 2021 and January 2022. Um, reflecting the theme of, of the vessel... The cruise line fleet vessel Disney Wish. Rapunzel will grace the stern, representing her character's wish to see the world. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, there's also a uh, <laughs> guest can look forward to a signature island experience that celebrates nature and the spirit and culture of the Bahamas at the new Disney port off call located in the island of Yolurafura at a place called Lighthouse Point. Of course, so they just bought an island. Sweet. No, no. no <laughs> uh, the timeless transformation of Epcot. Epcot is getting a big ass level of development. Epcot is known as the park with the big golf ball. Yeah, which is I, I know. I know Epcot, and it is. It's a world showcase. It's very minimal on rides, but more rides are coming there over time. It's more about like when I first went to Disneyland out of the four Disney World parks. Sorry, that I went to in 2010, Epcot was the one where I was like, yeah, it was all right. Uh, now that I'm older and appreciate, <laughs> now that I'm a little older and appreciate food and alcohol a lot more than 
21 year old me uh, the 19 year old me did 28 year old me fucking loves food and booze so when i went last october um i loved going to epcot i only managed one day i was really annoyed because i wanted to go back why do you want like, to manage one day uh, just in terms of the way the scheduling works. Oh out. right. Over the course of over the course of a four day weekend, we were stuck at Universal uh, for some getting married or something. Oh, um, so and then we had to prioritize our trips a bit, and we only managed to do one yeah. day. Yeah, that was awful. But uh, oh, just, you know, it's really weird. a bit of a haze. Anyway, getting married. Um, don't, Terrible. Don't, when we're going back next year, we're, we're doing a couple day stay at the Hard Rock Hotel, so we can stay at the same place we did when we got married. But anyway, um, and it will be around the time of our second anniversary. So, yeah. um, providing nice. providing Lucy doesn't discover the uh, meth empire I run on the side <laughs> and divorce me. Well, it's out in the open now. Well, um, uh, World Showcase Epcot will welcome the first attraction spied by Mary Poppins, as we said. There'll be a limited time run of Epcot Forever, the new nighttime spectacular, which will be firework displays that happen over the big lake, which is fucking gorgeous. Is it spectacular, though? Yeah, it is. I saw one of the firework displays there in 2012, and it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Fine. In summer 2020, the France Pavilion will offer the attraction Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is inspired by the Ratatouille ride that already exists in Paris, uniquely just to Paris at the minute, which is amazing. It's a trackless dark ride. Um... So it's like there's no fucking thing. Like your vehicle is moving independently on its own. There's no track. Yeah. And it means that in the different rooms, for example, like you get stuck under a cabinet at one point while the chef's trying to find you. And yeah. you, you move, your vehicle moves in accordance to that. So there's no set pattern. And you're in there with like three other vehicles, but you all get a good view because of the way it's, it's great. It's so cool. Um, as well as a new restaurant called Le Crepier de Paris. Uh, which, if it's anything like Remy's restaurant in Paris, would be really nice because they do these little pots of ratatouille that's really tasty. Oh. Um, fuck that! We've been making ratatouille recently. And it's, oof. In fact, I think Keats had some the other week. Um, yes. Also, in the France Pavilion, the classic Impressions de France film will be joined by an all-new Beauty and the Beast sing-along attraction based on the animated motion picture. <laughs> Just saying, Canada Far and Wide in Circle Vision will debut in January 2020, which means that fucking Canada. Um, Gets a proper full on attraction finally. Uh, they just happy to be there. Yeah, oh, dear, really happy to be there. You uh, Canada, who occasionally pinch Winnie the Pooh for character meet and greets, because there's obviously quite a few British characters for the UK pavilion. Huh. Like Mary Poppins shows up there occasionally. Alice from Alice in Wonderland's there often. Yeah. Um, you know, at very rare occasions like Wendy Darling and Peter Pan will be there and stuff. But like Winnie the Pooh is of course a UK creation, but he yes. often shows up in the Canada pavilion in a Mountie outfit. Oh, oh looks adorable. In the China Pavilion, Wondrous China will take guests on a spectacular journey across China, filmed and presented in a completely seamless 360-degree digital format. They were talking about this earlier in the year, like the screens will be completely unidentifiable. There is like nothing where you, you cannot see a single fucking bit of connection with the 360 display, which has not been achievable up till now. Pardon me, but colour me skeptical. Well, we'll see. The spaceship Earth will have new scenes reflecting the universal universal nature of the human experience and a new guide and an all new narration will focus on the storytelling that brings people together. That makes me a little sad because Judy Dench is currently the narrator on Spaceship Earth and she does a fucking marvellous job. So unless they're getting her back in, you better be getting someone who impresses to do mm. that. A new pavilion will be home base for Epcot's signature festivals. It will provide a stunning view of World Showcase and an ideal spot to witness the park's nighttime spectacular. Now, they've confirmed that this means an expansion of land in some of the land they own but have not used yet. So that Ooh. park, Epcot is already their biggest park in terms of the size of the fucker. Yeah. It's about to get bigger. <laughs> um, 
Oh, okay. God. Uh, World Celebration will also feature views at Dreamer's Point, Lush Gardens, and a Wishing Tree, uh, an interactive new fountain, and a statue celebrating the legacy of the original Dreamer and conceiver of Epcot, uh, Walt Disney. Oh. World Nature. Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, will be a lush exploration trail where guests can meet and play with magical living water. So, basically an interactive fucking park area based around water and um, uh, Samoan and Hawaiian and and whatnot culture from that part of the world. The Land Pavilion's new film, Awesome Planet, which showcases the spectacular beauty, diversity and dynamic story of the planet, will begin welcoming guests in January of next year. There will be an expansion of Mission Space's pavilion. Uh, which is what the right mission, which is, what, which is what the terrible movie Mission to Mars is based on. Um, mission Space, including a new restaurant which opens this winter. Really? Um, uh, oh my god, a world culinary experience with the celestial panorama within of a space station, including daytime and nighttime views of Earth from 220 miles up. Nighttime play, <laughs> play pavilion will open in time for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World in this interactive metropolis guests will discover a city bursting with games activities and experiences that connects them with friends family and Disney characters will do though uh, they're also finally opening up the Disney Genie app which makes it easier for the day planning um, oh they've not mentioned it here so I'm going to make sure they freaking bring it up now also at Epcot Guardians of the Galaxy's ride has been confirmed at Epcot and it is a space travelling ride Yep, Guardians of the Galaxy are the only property that you will see a ride based on in the Florida Disney parks. Because Universal own the rights to the Marvel characters as theme park characters and theme park attractions. uh, As theme park attractions on the East Coast. Hence why Marvel Superhero Land still exists at Universal Lands of Adventure. But character meet and greets are a little bit more flexible based on what Disney do. If they do it based squarely in the MCU versions, they can get away with it. Yeah. But when that Universal contract was done up in the early 90s, they obviously didn't account for obscure-ass Marvel properties. Mm. And Guardians of the Galaxy was an obscure-ass Marvel property. At the time. At the time. So Epcot now have an upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy fucking attraction to complement the Guardians attraction on the Wait, a Guardians of the Galaxy fucking attraction? Yes, you're just going to watch Gamora and Groot get up to some secret film. Surely that that should be in Amsterdam. Even 4chan cringe. Um... So, La La, with the new parades, are going to be focusing on Moana, Coco, Sleeping Beauty, specifically. Uh, first ride through attraction featuring Mickey and Minnie Mouse. The first ride based on Minnie and Mickey ever is what replaced yeah. the Hollywood great movie ride. It's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is based on the new cartoons, which makes me fucking happy. Intriguing. A Zootopia-themed land is coming to Shanghai Disney. Yeah. Down for that. Uh, the animated stories are getting a big boost of celebration at Hong Kong Disneyland. Um, okay. The Castle of Magical Dreams will be a new location drawing inspiration from 13 of the beloved stories, including Snow White, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, and more. Colin Baker's Dream Baking, Castle of Magical Dreams. I wish. <laughs> and we'll be a home to a new shop referred to, a new shop called the Bibbity Bobbity Boutique. Fuck off. Where kids can receive royal transformations. Fuck off. <laughs> um... As part of the multi-year transformation of that park, a Frozen is going to be incorporated, as well as more into Epcot's Norway Pavilion, okay. where it took over from the Maelstrom ride a couple of years ago. We okay. tried to ride it at least once last year. Queues were an hour and a half long. Fuck it was our one day in Epcot. We were like, fuck that, let's go get a beer. Um, first Cirque du Soleil show celebrating Walt Disney Animation Studios is premiering in March next year, uh, which makes me happy, because okay. yay. Uh, the reflection shows back at the Disney lodgings this time. 
bring you from the magic back to this and the other. Okay. And this article neglects to mention the main thing that I want to bring up that's related to this podcast, which is Avengers Campus opens and Disney's California Adventure on the West Coast of the States later next year. Yeah. Avengers Campus spins out from the area where Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is stationed and will feature um, restaurants and shops, of course, obviously based around the MC- MCU-specifically theming. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which has been referred to in the past by James Gunn when he was talking about directing Mission Breakout as the um, the uh, the DLMCU, which is the Disneyland Marvel <laughs> Where it's MCU stuff, but it's not canon. It's slightly adjacent, so don't get your knickers in a twist, folks. But at the same time, they coexist with each other. That's why the uh, the lobby of the collector's, uh, Tivan's collection, of, of which is the lobby of Mission Breakout, yeah. contained hints at future Marvel movies that people didn't even realise when it opened, <laughs> including Stormbreaker was in there. Very nice. Albeit the Beta Ray Bill version. Well, but, yeah. But the description for it when translated, because you had to translate the language in the in the lobby, but there was an app that you could do it, not a Disney one, someone created it independently. Sure. Um uh, if you create thinking the language it spoke of Stormbreaker like is believed to not be the only one, so it was suggesting mm. that Stormbreaker was going to show up in the films. Uh, they also have half an uh, an Ultron drone torso that occasionally twitches, and you hear Pinocchio as I've got those strings playing faintly in its speaker grill. Sure, that's not creepy fucking, at all. Fucking creepy. Um, I understand that's the point, but still, it's it's great. There's like a lot of dark elf weapons in the cabinet. It's great, but. Um, they uh, that section is expanding. There was a post credits tease last year suggesting that was the case because when you leave the ride, the path that takes you away from it, there was a big like um, a big like uh, what's it called like a shutter like a a safe door style thing. Okay, leading into the ground just off kilter from the path with the Avengers A inscribed into it. Okay, and people were like, "What's that about?" Turns out it was a live action in real life post credits fucking teaser for something that was coming later. Well done, Marvel. Well done, Disney. Okay. Uh, it will also be an Avengers ride, which has yet to be uh, expanded on or explained. They're going to save that for a bit later, they've said. But one thing that is definitely happening is a Spider-Man ride. What makes this confusing is all the artwork for it suggests it's something to do with Spider-Man experimenting with Stark technology. The Spider-Bots play a big role in it. Sure. So a bit of dance slot love in there going on. There's a yeah, lot of spider bots yeah. in the in the artwork. Down with that. It's a ride where you will be it's possibly a target ride, like a, a shooter. Oh, okay. You, you will be slinging webs yourself. And the vehicle that's been Ooh. shown in the, the concept art is people sat like a bench like thing firing off these webs from this thing. But that's the way it's messy. But the way it's gonna play is it's not gonna be you're like using a little gun. It's using this new technology they've been developing where you, wearing like a little wrist thing they give you, oh. will be just going like that and projecting that shit onto, the, onto ah. the, the screens around you. So you will be doing doing your spidey hands and on the screens and the settings around you where all the shit's happening, you will see the web fire from your arm. So it'll be like 3D glasses and things like that. That, if they pull that off, that would be one of the coolest fucking that things That sounds pretty ever. fucking cool. I'm not going like, to lie. Looking, at, looking down at your wrist through your 3D glasses, doing that with your fingers, and shit coming out of the thing around your wrist and firing off. That is pretty cool. If they can nail that. Because they also talked about that being a Captain America ride in the future. Doing something where you can fire a shield, where you will hold, scare quotes, the shield and fire it off and knock it around, knocking enemies around and stuff. Um... This is great concept, yeah. This is great because now alongside Guardians Mission Breakout and uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp ride in uh, Shanghai Disney, this is the 
um, which which features uh, fucking uh, factories starting to develop evil robots and beknownst to everybody, and you join Ant Man and the Wasp as they try and stop the fucking backed up program of Armin Zola taking hold of the factory. Sure. All right. Again, set in the DL MCU. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. With with Rudd and uh, Lily and Toby Jones all contributed voice stuff to it. So it's like Toby oh, Jones. Cool. Oh no, B Jones. <laughs> uh, the Spider Man ride will be carrying on that tradition, bringing it to um to Disney's California Adventure. It's definitely the Holland version of Spider Man. This is what I was saying before about how the contract might already have been signed and things mm. signed off in the past. Who knows? Mm. But um. The Disney parks have been able to have Spider-Man in attendance as a meet-and-greet character before, albeit in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 costume. So it's possible that they will be able to use him still, but they might have to tweak his look. So we'll wait and see. But the reason why that is exciting, Matt, this Avengers Campus idea is a particularly enticing thing, which I definitely needed to tell you about, good sir, Yeah, is that Avengers Campus is coming to Disneyland Paris in 2021. <sighs> Specifically to their Hollywood Studios second park. Okay. So, and I fucking hope it does because there's an entire corner of that park near the Armageddon thing that, like, fuck all's happening in now. So, yeah. if they could just, like, create a path next to the rock and roller coaster and turn it into this, great! Yes! And we will plan a trip of some kind. Okay. We've got to fucking do it. Okay. I'm all taking right. you I'm to down Disneyland, now. son. I'm down. I'm after, all that, after all that selling me on various Disneyland places that I probably never go, I think I'm gonna have to now. Well, I, it's 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 first taste is is free. <laughs> is it though? No, but <laughs> first taste is very expensive. It does lead to an addiction. Yes. Uh, no, honestly, like Paris, if we can we'll plan it out like over time in the years to come. But the last time we did Paris in all your years to come, um, in your most private. Oh moments. God, which was which is where I got engaged. Um, where it ends up costing us the whole thing, like a hotel within. The, the walking distance of it and all this that and the other yeah. the whole thing ended up coming to about 700 watts it said and done and that was with board eating um, so we had breakfast at the hotel we had tokens for certain stuff there within the parks and the only meal we had to pay for was an evening one if we wanted to eat out okay and we made it we made, and that was like a four day, a five day four nights arrangement I could make that work maybe so it's we, we, we will plan we will plan and try and figure this out for 2021 if we plan it for the opening of Avengers Campus then it depends it depends on the next year or so goes we'll work it out Matt I'll sell your leg I don't mind don't buy my leg but do buy you don't want my leg our time have we got any emails we want to cover this week or should we send uh, next we got time? one email about from uh, from friend Harry at Bolt Animation hey Harry just being like, oh no, Spider-Man's not the MCU. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> so like, we're good, Harry. We're good, Harry. We're pretty we're good. good. Uh, we're pretty. We'll get. We'll get over it. But yeah. uh, I'll, I'll leave you on. I'll leave you on this with that Spider-Man notion. Uh oh. Um, oh no. There was a. There was oh, a lovely no. little. There was a lovely little point that I, a friend of the show, lovely Phoenix. Um, lovely Phoenix. Remember Phoenix? I think. Alarm clocks. Uh, he tends to retweet a lot of Spidey content. He's very pro get Spidey out of the MCU. I don't completely agree on his stance, but my God, I love him and I love the posts he makes. Um, so okay, okay. He said he uh, retweeted someone called Spider Matty. Pro pro tip for any future Spider Man writers: never leave anything on a cliffhanger because Spider Man is cursed and the next part will be cancelled before it's resolved. Yeah. The ending of Spider Man Unlimited. There, screen yeah. up. Yeah. The ending of Spectacular Spider-Man Season 2. Okay. There we are. The ending of Far From Home. Yeah. 
the ending of MTV's Spider-Man, the new animated series. Yeah. Cliffhangers all round. Love it. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. There it is. Spider-Man, the animated series. Yeah. There we go. Web of Shadows is post-credit uh... scene. Ultimate Spider-Man, the game's post-credit scene. And as they pointed out, Ultimate Alliance 1, of which Spidey was a, a premier character, yes. freaking ended with Galactus being teased. Yes! Which was then not followed up in the sequel game. Or the third, or the third, third one, one, which now exists. So they uh, could do that if they wanted to. They, they're doing DLC for it, so yeah, make Galactus a game. Don't make him a make Galactus a game. I'm sick of punching his face in Marvel v Capcom Three. Galactus, the game. If you have any other ideas for Fantastic Marvel games that definitely won't get shut down uh, before that time, uh, then <laughs> still sorry about Marvel Heroes. Uh, oh, then God. please tweet us at Big Damn Cast. Uh, email us bdamcontact.gmail.com we will be in your ear holes again next week don't know what the fuck we're talking about we yeah. haven't got there yet it's anyone's fucking game at this point but if you do also want some midweek content every Wednesday night at 8pm what can they find on twitch.tv slash bigdamstream Matthew Watson uh, 8 at the moment it might be 9pm we'll see but yeah <laughs> keep an eye on Wednesday evenings for my weekly Wednesday Warframe where me and my lovely lady lady friend will do some Warframing. I'm gonna, gonna freaking. You're gonna land party that shit. You're gonna land party that shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, you literally can, are land party. Yeah, yeah literally shit. land partying. We've got two TVs, <laughs> two PS4s. We get on, we Warframe, and you can come and join us. It's fun. It's gonna be a good good time for good time. all involved. Yeah. But until next time, yes. boys and girls, please no more conventions. Please. 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 Oh, God. Next week, can we just talk about like some new shoes we bought or something? Please. Just save up for Paris, damn it! Uh, bye. Bye.